0: Thank you. to start whenever okay. you are boss
1: oh am i starting
0: you're the lead this time
1: what's the name of this podcast reels like the first time i hate you films like the first i hate time. you so
0: much oh this is the worst i hate my life
1: <laughs> it's not my fault you have terrible titles and i didn't care enough about it to correct you films like the first time i just stop laughing now it's only funny because you're so upset. <coughs>
0: It's not too late It is too late This is episode (sighs) 5 We should have done this Three episodes
1: Hey man Jefferson Airplane can do it So
0: can we No Jefferson Airplane Redefined who they were Yeah also Became sucky
2: (laughs) Well they always suck But they just No
0: I loved Jefferson Airplane
2: Okay name three songs
0: Volunteers uh, White Rabbit
2: right, fine Name three songs and Let the Sun Shine (laughs)
0: <laughs> I like, like, he's got to add qualifiers every time that we do stuff like mm, that. Because yeah.
1: you, all right, fine. I can
2: fine. name two: okay. White, White Rabbit and uh, the Volunteers.
0: Because I already said it. No,
2: I'm, I actually I'm going to ignore anything you said except for White Rabbit. That was the one I was. That's a great and the other o- and know. the other That's and one, and somebody to love. Like, oh, yeah. Those are the only two songs anybody knows. Don't
0: you want somebody to love? And it That's was because... better
2: by Jim Carrey.
1: No. I know. I didn't, I didn't, it was
0: better I really by Jim that. Caviezel.
2: Nothing Maybe. has ever been better by Jim Caviezel.
0: We should probably actually start the podcast. Yeah. Since we started recording.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Well, and that was your job, lab. but yes. you didn't really start. You well, well, just... I you was said, to, and then
1: you guys went on a fucking rampage. You said on...
2: No, I didn't go on a you rampage. You was like laughing. the first
0: time. Are you guys ready? Yeah. No.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome to episode... We five... Maybe, maybe of films like the first time. <laughs> I am uh, one of your hosts, Amanda, here with my two co-hosts.
2: Uh, I am Dave, and uh, I chose this. I, and I am Nick, and I did not choose this.
1: All right, so Dave likes to, the cinephile he is, likes to choose the weird movies, and uh, he I'm made.
2: A, I'm a big art house fan. He I'm made sorry. Nick
1: and I watch uh, a little, a little David Lynch film. Called Mulholland Drive, which neither of us had seen. Nick is holding up the pause. No, we're good. We're okay. good. Okay. I was going to say, am I going to have to start over again?
2: No, nope, we're still recording. Let me see your pause.
1: I didn't... He gave the finger. He oh. gave me a little flash oh. delay but that for a different second. Finger, so was... The first finger, the nervous. one that means hang on.
0: I will say, uh, Dave has suggested two movies now. <laughs> yes. You've suggested two movies now. Yes. Both of David's movies have been uh, by directors that make very distinct choices. Also, both directors are named David.
1: Oh, I hadn't thought of that. David Fincher? Does he direct the other one? Yeah. Okay.
2: Fine, David I'll, only I'll...
1: watches directors that have his name.
2: I would, yeah, go-, I would so. go with David O. Russell next, but I don't like anything he does. You don't like anything by David O. Russell? Oh, uh, no. Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. I okay. We think we've all seen that, though. That's
1: we it. have. Yeah. That's it. So we watched Mulholland Drive. Um, That was a thing that we... <laughs> All watched. watch. Uh, that
2: was definitely a thing.
1: Uh, I, I Good night, am, everybody. <laughs> I am familiar with David Lynch and his... Um,
2: Shenanigans? We'll
1: call it surrealist style. I, I prefer
2: abs- ab- abstract. Abstract, but, surrealism. But that, that were Yeah, yeah for Actually, sure. I think I've used both terms.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I knew to an extent what I was getting into. I also, I mean, I was around. Like a lot of people, this movie's old enough and weirdly obscure enough that like there are i was talking to a lot of my coworkers today and they're like yeah i don't know what that movie is
2: yeah but to be um, fair your co-workers are kind of like
1: dense. well i was talking to younger co-workers they don't know who it is but, the older co-workers were like yeah i've heard of that i've never seen it i heard it was really weird but i just remember a lot of my friends back when it came out which when 90 like 2001 was it 2001 i yeah. literally thought it was like 1993
2: well, it's very hard to tell when this film is supposed to be taking place. Yeah. Well,
0: and I think it it almost feels like it shifts at one point. It does. Okay, then.
1: It yeah. definitely does. Well, there's a huge shift, which we'll get to, Yeah. in the middle to, sec- to like last <laughs> third of the it movie. It is
2: so hard to say when anything is going to really, what, but there what is parts a, are going to be discussed when. There is a
1: very distinctive shift at a yes. certain point in the movie. Yes. Um... But yes, I remember everybody just raving about this movie and loving it and thinking, talking about, you know, cinematic genius like they often do with David Lynch. And I... What the... ...was Sorry. watching this movie, and while apparently I'm leading the discussion today, um, yes. I did not take notes because I don't take notes, but I do have all of the text messages that I sent to Nick <laughs> while we were both watching it in our separate homes. Um,
0: I was about uh, I was about an hour ahead of you. I guess you were, film. yeah. Yeah.
1: So... Um, yeah, uh, I, my first thought 20 minutes into the movie was, how did anybody take this movie seriously?
0: <laughs> my first thought was, like, th-
1: th- this this is a comedy. This has to be a comedy. How did anybody take this movie seriously? Because I literally sitting in my living room by myself laughed out loud more times <laughs> Than I have during actual comics. Oh,
0: for sure. My 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 first thought of that was, oh, he's going to get the weird musical number out of the way immediately.
2: Perfect.
1: Well, yeah, because the movie. <laughs> so the movie starts with old timey looking, uh, like swing dancing. For, I forgot
2: what the dance, uh, the jitterbug. That's, yes, that's what she calls it. Yeah. Jitterbug,
1: jitterbug competition. I wouldn't be
2: able to I, if she didn't say it. I wouldn't have known it. Like the phone, because it just looks like. Fifty style dancing.
1: Yeah, that's why well, I guess I said swing, but yeah, it's just like fifty style. This is like a dance number. It's very—I don't know if art nouveau is the right thing, but like the pastel color palette with you know very Andy Warhol esque is kind of there's what a it lot of the of.
2: overexposure, like mm-hmm. Technicolor. Yeah,
1: um, and then you see Naomi Watts' beautiful face, very washed out, like you can kind of see through her. Like, just come to the forefront of the, front of the screen and disappear. And then the movie starts.
2: Well, don't forget about her companions.
1: Her companions? At yeah. the very beginning? Yeah. <laughs> I don't...
2: They're they're there with her. The two, Are they? The two, the two oldies? The, the two oldies.
1: Oh, okay. See, I didn't
2: realize that. So,
1: I watched well, this... That, I
2: guess it's hard to tell, because... They're already sort of pale and weird looking.
1: I watched this on a um, a free streaming service on my laptop. So like the first five minutes of the movie kept stopping on me and I had to keep starting it over. So like, I missed...
0: really? I didn't have any issues with that. Well, all.
1: you have different internet than me, sir.
0: I do have different inter- <laughs> internet
2: than you.
1: And my internet did not like the first five minutes of this movie.
2: And you know, uh, I had no issues on my Blu-ray.
1: <laughs> Good.
2: la <laughs> da <Vla-di-da.
0: laughs> Only issue is that you have a Blu-ray of this movie.
1: So we cut immediately from this dance scene with Naomi Watts uh, looking wide-eyed and starry-eyed. You know, she's clearly the young ingenue of the story uh, mm. to a very odd scene of some heavy breathing and pink sheets and out-of-focus camera work, out-of-focus, unsteady camera work. And then the, like the, the regular movie starts.
2: Do you want me to tell you what that is now or later? Oh, when you're going to tell us sheets. what it is. Well, this is easy. Okay. I know
1: what they were. That That's called back to later. That was one of the things that made sense. Okay. Yes. All right.
2: I'm just. I'm, that's her literal so, head going into the pillow.
1: So. I'm. Before we get into this whole thing. I'm just going to say. The first half of this movie made sense to me. Um, I don't know if it was the kind of sense that Lynch was going for. Really, the
2: first half is what makes sense to the you. The first oh, half yeah. of the Same. movie Same. made
1: sense to me. I interpreted oh. it, as I said earlier, like I interpreted it as like, okay, this is, I mean, if, if, if he's being serious, then this is just a terrible movie. It, it, but everything felt so <laughs> intentional that I'm like, this has to be, like, if this is not quite satire, but like. Like I said, a cinematic caricature is the best way I can describe it. Just over the top, making fun of the film noir genre, making fun of all of the tropes, making fun of the -the over-the-top acting and the different, you know, shots that you see and the dialogue, which the dialogue was terrible. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Naomi Watts being being so over the top with, well, gee willikers, yeah, I'd love to... Be in Hollywood you, like it, it was very very stylized and felt intentional and I'm like if I try to take this seriously it's fucking awful you
0: know what this felt like in the first but, half to me a comedy well a it definitely felt like comedy. comedy but it was like David Lynch's version of Pulp Fiction
1: really? a lot yeah
0: yeah, even in the fact that the diner, there was a diner in it, and like there was these disparate stories that were were like, oh, these got to come, these are going to come together in some way. It, did, it felt a lot like it was a pulp fictiony kind of movie,
2: and yet it but kinda, with David Lynch running it. And yet, none of those things really intersect with each, or a lot of well, those things don't yes. really intersect. Well, they with don't. Each
1: other. But as you're going along, you assume they're going to, sure, because there has why, to be wh- a reason a why point this is here. To right, also, I wonder. If David Lynch makes these movies, knowing that the human brain's instinct is to try to identify patterns and make sense of things, so he just does throws a bunch of shit at the wall and is like, they'll think I'm genius. They won't want to admit that it doesn't make any sense.
2: <laughs> Which is weird that you say, because I, I think at the end of it, this movie, and I think I said this in last week's episode where I said, like, I sort of intuitively understand this movie in a way that, like, it maybe logically I don't, but, like, I feel like I do. I
1: thought I understood this movie at least five different times, and then it was not that. Well, Well, I was very stoned watching
2: it this time, and Mm. I ended up with, like, so many theories that I'm not, but I think they're all kind of the same theory at, at the end, but, like, in the same way that I don't know. I it just in how I, I in, interpret some of the stuff. But I didn't see pulp fiction. I just see old Hollywood. Well, like, I got that too. I, I, I mean but... it be, he's uh uh David Lynch is a huge fan of uh, of Sunset Boulevard. Okay.
0: I bet he I bet he liked Chinatown as
2: well. Well, I don't know about I've never heard him or I've never seen him. I mean, I
1: would have him. never guessed that he was a huge fan of Sunset Boulevard the way he zoomed into the Sunset Boulevard signs. Multiple times. Because but. this movie's Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive? Yes, Mulholland Drive. Okay. By the way. Mulholland Drive, which was an actual of, conversation that took place.
0: Have either <laughs> of you been on Mulholland Drive? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is. It is. And I. I've, it is I've, wild. I've driven it at night. It is terrifying.
1: Yes.
2: Well, it's funny you mention it, because in another David Lynch movie, we talked er, before the show, we mentioned, while well, we were talking about Necessary Roughness. We mentioned Robert Loggia, yeah, and Robert Loggia has one of my favorite Lynch moments where he gets into a road rage accident in the Hollywood Hills. Nice, and uh, so it, it, it and that came out of a real experience of him, dry of David Lynch driving that route
1: i mean it makes because it's it's a very very winding road with like a big drop off and there's no like real street lights and stuff so it is it's it, it's creepy to drive yeah, yeah.
2: It, 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 it's it you take it fairly apprehensively no matter what t- time of unless year you're it was.
0: a couple of,
1: unless cars, full of teenagers. cars full of teenagers what
0: the
2: fuck was that
1: so that that was again i feel like he's poking i felt like the first half of the movie, uh, that he was poking fun of all these tropes, right? So teenagers, but everything's so over the top, like the screaming and caterwauling of these teenagers in this car and the weaving around and da da da.
0: Was George Lucas driving one of the
1: cars as they're barreling down? As they're barreling down Mulholland Drive, and this limousine is pulled over, and we meet Rita, who, in the best acting of her life says <laughs> to be fair
2: what other acting have you ever seen her do
1: we don't stop here we don't stop here <laughs> it was such a weird line it is a weird line and she de- i'm not exaggerating on the delivery she literally we don't stop here
2: she's pre-concussed
1: <laughs> with with a complete blank expression
0: i will uh, i will say um when the cars hit and the fact that she was still... By the
1: way, the teenagers uh, hit the limo just as the hit man is about to shoot Rita. Yes.
0: And say, it saved her life.
1: It did. Um, And so, of course, Rita, uh, very confused and concussed, wanders down the hill, through the streets a ways, and then finds a bush to sleep in for the night. <clears throat> As uh, you do. As
2: someone who has seen that very thing in the last five years in LA, uh, you know, maybe that she was just ahead of the curve.
1: I guess. Fair enough. So although you
2: know- although she at least found it in a in a nicer neighborhood. I just saw a dude in a Walgreens parking lot in a bush.
1: Well you never say
0: which neighborhood they're in.
1: But they show all the street signs, so you, it's like you see Mulholland Drive, you see Sunset Boulevard, you see there's a Royal or something. I remember what the other street was. Like, they show you.
0: Well, Sunset's where the diner is. Okay. Um.
1: Wilkie's? Yeah, yeah.
0: Wilkie's. Winkie's. Winkie's? Winkies? That makes more sense. Winkies, and Wilkie's. it's more fun to say. I knew it was
1: a sillier name than yeah, Wilkie's. Home
0: of the homeless California Raisin. Um,
1: <sighs> yes, oof. so... Yeah, so up to this point, I'm just texting. as, Like I said, I texted Nick. I'm oh, like, I think I messaged you both. I'm already annoyed by this movie.
2: I, don't, I didn't get that one. Um,
1: <laughs> and then I said, it already feels like Twin Peaks. And Nick's like, yes. And I was like, so he's a one-trick pony everyone idolizes because he's weird. Uh, and I then hope he's to like,
2: God you eat that. I I, like, I,
0: I, was like, eh.
1: He's like, you know, Naomi Watts is great in it, though. And uh, I was like, all the acting so far, because we haven't really met Betty yet. All the acting so far has been terrible. And I'm assuming it's intentional. But I didn't know that yet. Because, oh, after the crash and she falls asleep in the bush, then we cut to the two detectives standing over the... And I can't remember what his line was, but he literally just puts a cigarette in his mouth and he's just like, well... This is one for the boys, eh, or something like that, and it was delivered exactly like now that. Now I, and and I to want to look at my notes and see what I put. Why for was
2: that. Robert Forster there?
1: And that's the only two, That's the only scene with these guys. Yeah, we it, never see them again. Well, this is
0: this is the no. The whole I think we see MO the other the movie.
2: I don't think we see Robert Forster. I think we see the other one though.
0: Maybe he quit the film after it, delivering that line.
1: So he, he's
2: like, I've got to go uh, beg uh, Quentin Tarantino for more work. I gotta go.
1: So yes, uh, Nick says uh, the acting feels intentionally forced. I'm like, yes, like bad noir. He's like, I swear he does it on purpose. I say, I mean, I'm sure he does. I just don't know if it's because he thinks it's good or because he's, to quote Nick, taking the piss, i.e. this is a fucking joke. Um, Yeah. So he's like, it's probably the latter. So Rita, then we cut to the next morning. I don't know if we've met Betty yet because it's very intercut no, with Rita we have not. and Betty.
2: No, we did because she got off the plane. She got off the oh, plane. Oh, did she get off the plane already? Yeah, she gets off the plane at the very beginning.
1: She does. But does she get... It doesn't matter. So I'm going to do it this way. So Rita...
2: Oh, you're right. She hasn't shown up at the apartment. Yeah, Rita yeah.
1: Um, wakes up in the bush and wanders a bit until she sees this apartment complex and starts walking towards it. And we see... Uh, an older lady, who's clearly getting her things together and leaving the apartment, and we see Rita walk up the stairs. And I was just assuming at this point that she'd made it home. Mm-hmm. Um, oh,
0: I didn't think that.
1: Come to find I mean, that's out, that's a
0: reasonable. It assumption, is a reasonable. But, uh, I didn't think that. But at
2: no point did I ever think that either, Because
1: like she seemed like she was trying to be sneaky, but I kind of just thought it was because like she was covered in blood and like didn't want, like was embarrassed. So. Lady moves out of the apartment, just getting her luggage and things. Rita goes in and, like, hides under the table and falls asleep again.
2: Well, she was ha- she was trying to take comfort from nuclear attack. Yes. So she thought... Or an earthquake.
1: So basically, she sneaks in as this woman is leaving... Um, Because at least she has the wherewithal to be like, this person is probably not going to be in this place for a while because she's taking lots of luggage out.
2: And if nothing else, even if it's, you know, a night, it's like,
1: I'm not sleeping in the Or perhaps she didn't care and just found an open door and crawled under the first table she saw. I don't know.
0: Well, what's interesting to me in, in these moments is it definitely felt like she was afraid for her life to me. Like, it felt like she was intentionally trying to hide because she knew somebody wanted to kill her but then we find out a little bit later that she's got amnesia so she didn't even know
1: that i mean she knew she woke up bloody in a bush
0: yes but she didn't know that she was specifically being hunted
1: but she woke that okay as a woman like if i woke up bloody in a bush and couldn't remember anything i'd be freaked out and probably try to hide or go to a hospital or something. I don't know. Fair enough. But like, it's Nick, what
2: would you do if you were a woman and you were covered in blood and you couldn't remember who or you Or even were? just as
1: you. Like, if you woke up in a bush covered in blood and had amnesia, like, what would you do?
2: Oh, it's Monday again.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'd be like, well, fuck. I had a good time at some point. what? So, I wish I knew what it was.
1: Then we meet Betty. Uh, again, over the top, wide eyed. Innocent blonde she, ingenue the classic, coming to LA. Yeah,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. The the full, full full of innocence, hope, and promise.
1: Yes, with her, not her. it could have been her parents? Aunt and uncle? Who were those old people with her? Um,
2: Do we even? They find were out? just supposedly people she met on the plane.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Because they're having a conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. So you
2: have to think. Well, she's talked to these people at some point, but they're not familial so i
1: i guess i missed i didn't because i I missed that too because i was well
2: she was only talking to the the older lady okay uh the guy who uh uncle jr was not uh
1: so she's talking to these people and then she turns and her luggage isn't next to her anymore she's like oh my gosh my luggage and of course she's in la so we all are like "Ah, that shit's got stolen (laughs) nope just the cab driver has picked it up. He's standing by his cab. He gives her a little wave. And it's just a very, ah, shucks, gee Willigers moment. And she gets in the cab and heads off to her destination. And then we see the old people in their cab smiling like something out of Black Hole Sun.
0: Really like it.
1: And high f- did they high five or just shake? I- there was a hand something. gesture. It was. And- <laughs> it was a high five. <laughs> a high five. But now
2: I'm trying to. <laughs> Now I'm trying to imagine them high-fiving each other, and, and that's even more disturbing.
1: And then we never see them again. I think that was my first... Um, well, that's fair. You're right. You're right. You're right. Not so very, very, very. End. But I was like, that. I think that was my... Uh, no, that wasn't even my first what the fuck. My first what the fuck was when she fell asleep in a bush. That was my first what <laughs> um, This might have been my first laugh out loud.
0: Even... even... You didn't laugh out loud at the California raisin?
1: Okay, well, that's later. So, no,
0: that wasn't. It was right before this. I don't oh, know I'll exactly. Again,
1: this movie is so confusing. I can't it's remember the so exact order weird. in which things happened because there's no real chronological order to it. Mm. So then we see two <laughs> guys. Guys. Uh, well,
0: the one guy that plays a, a, a psychopath in, in ninety-five
2: percent of the movies. He's yeah, he in. was, uh, and he was the keeper of the island in Lost. No, he wasn't. Not the bad guy, the other guy. The other guy, Jacob. Okay.
1: Ah, so and he's... then
2: also Rita's shitty uh, ex husband and and Dexter. Ah. Oh wow, that's right.
1: That's that is yeah okay yeah he's hitman. So they're both hitmen, I think. But uh, I don't they... know that yet. No,
2: that other guy in the office—that's uh, Bronson Pinchot's brother.
1: No, not the guy in the office. No. I'm talking oh, about at the office. diner. At it's... the diner, we're at the oh. diner.
2: Oh, okay. And these two so... guys are
1: having a conversation, and weird little rat faced dude. Is like I love
0: that guy.
1: I yes, But he's he always in a plays lot,
0: a crazy person. But I
1: don't know his name. Um he's like, and I don't think we ever get his character's name. <laughs> so he's <No>. like, <laughs> I have this recurring dream where I'm in this diner and like I go outside and there's a person there, and this is like, this is bad, but I don't know who it is, but it always freaks me out. Da-da-da-da. And it's somewhat normal conversation. And again, this is delivered very Stiltily and over the top. Like over this is how top. all the dialogue has really? been delivered. Really, I, th- I felt up to like he point. was
2: fairly restrained for no. what was going on for what everyone else was doing.
1: But it was still very like film noir. He still, like it was, he still, he still
2: talked very slowly and too
1: like slowly. It, you could like he,
2: and he had and he had inflection to his voice that no one seemed to have, which was. Like apprehension and and impending doom.
1: So this was the best acting out of the terrible acting so far, which again I'm fairly sure was all intentional because a lot of these actors are very talented.
0: Shout out. Um, Fair enough, he's great in a lot of things.
1: Then we, so he goes outside for they go outside and they're like, yeah. I was was
0: like, is this his therapist? He's with.
1: Exactly. Like, I'm watching this. Like, I'm like, let's walk out. It was back here. Yes. A therapy let's field trip. Go down these stairs, and again, we're there's a lot of intercutting of like just really out of focus stuff, or like maybe it's supposed to look like bleary eyes. I don't know, but it's like weird zoomy camera things, and things are out of focus periodically, seemingly without method. So we walk down the stairs, and that's a whole thing. And walk down the stairs, and we walk to the back, and there's a dumpster, and this thing, like clearly sitting on like a roller board, is just wheeled out real quick, and then that's it. And he, he has he, a heart attack he and fades. dies.
2: Does he die? I mean, uh, it seems like that's the case. It
1: seemed like he died. It did not feel, feel like a fake Patrick Fischler. Patrick Fishler. He looks like a fishler. So
2: this thing. His looks- character's name was actually Dan. We do, I don't wow, know if we. Wow! Fantastic. Hey, and bit of trivia: uh, he is half. He is the half brother-in-law of Julia Louis Dreyfus.
1: okay oh, I can see that. Never knew that.
2: <laughs> well, of course you didn't. Um, you didn't know his name until 30 this seconds
1: ago.
0: Thing was the weirdest like i was like what did he do to make this guy up like i I said he looked like a homeless california raisin
1: you said california raisin i said i thought it was the jersey devil and then we both landed on mole man and we just started calling him mole man also
0: he kind of looks like old greg if you know who old greg is
2: (laughs) i
1: don't i can see that
0: I really, I, I, actually thought Dave would get that reference and you wouldn't, which is very
2: scary. I've been to me. on Wait the internet minute. enough
1: to hear old Greg talked about. While well, I don't remember old Greg, I know what he is
2: and played by a woman. Old Greg? No, the the bum.
1: The bum, the the Jersey what? Devil, California raisin mole person.
2: Weirdly enough, plays the nun in the Conjuring universe.
1: Oh, okay. Well so I've been who she
2: is. scaring the shit out of people for <sighs> for twenty some years. What was the point?
0: of i just want to ask what was the point of the mole person
2: the mole person is the the keeper of the the blue box of the blue box okay
1: clearly well see this this is one of those things where if you're trying
2: to attribute sense i'm just telling you what i i I know fair enough
1: i thought i had this movie (laughs) i thought i had this movie figured out several times i did not and then at the very end I was like, okay. Here's what I think makes sense except for the fucking mole person. Like why is it, that throws a wrench in all of my theories?
2: And I'm pretty sure there's um no I don't think jeez, I don't know that David Lynch ever cuts much of anything. Well, so there's no there there are no missing scenes where like suddenly the mole person would get sense. would have gotten and he just eh, cut it for time.
0: No, obviously but, not because it was a two and a half hour movie.
1: Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Then I,
1: I don't think I ever figured out what the red room was.
0: Oh, the red room
1: with the guy in the wheelchair. Because my next text message oh, the, is the
2: the bubble. Hey, room?
1: The little guy, that little guy, plays a leprechaun on Charmed. Like I literally just saw him, that actor, on an episode of Charmed as a leprechaun,
2: and he's literally the little guy from Twin Peaks.
1: Yes, I realized that later. And this
2: is the last time I think they ever worked together because there was a big blow-up between him and Lynch. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, my next message was pretty sure he was in Twin Peaks, too. I just forgot until seeing him in this setting. Because, you know, as a leprechaun, looks very different. And
2: also, he had a mustache in Hey,
0: look, uh, that whole thing... With the go-between between, between the, the...
2: The this is the girl thing? the
0: Yeah, with Carla's, Carla's first ex-husband uh, uh, from, I, Carla. from Cheers. Uh, I don't
2: know what you're really talking about. <laughs> the, who, who is that? Oh! Yeah! Oh, you mean the lawyer from yeah, uh, the Adam's family?
0: The one that didn't want the, 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 the espresso. The one that didn't want anything. Yeah, the lawyer from the Adam's family.
1: The guy that spit the espresso? No, the The other guy. No,
2: that's composer Angelo Badalamenti. And he says, my music is great and your espresso is shit. The best is... He literally just like... It's out of his mouth into the
0: cloth napkin.
1: Yeah, that...
2: So Wait, we we
1: skipped we skipped way. Oh, ahead.
0: Well, you started talking about the guy in the bubble room, and well, that was made me think of that.
1: My because he came in. Yeah, he works for him. These are these are these text messages are <laughs> right. in order. So we haven't gotten <laughs> in, to espresso. They're drink in yet.
0: more of an order than the movie, but um, we can only
2: take uh, what we have.
1: <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. <sighs>
2: We we just pass, We just finished with Winkies. We get the phone. Oh. Okay,
1: so yeah. It is, oh,
2: so they make that phone call.
1: That was the... And,
2: and was the
1: Okay, yeah, that was the biggest what the fuck so far for me. I still don't and know... He who, says the California Raisin in the alley. Is that what that was supposed to be? I right. thought it was... Okay, so let's see. You're right. My comment, you're right. This is a dry comedy. There is no other explanation. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, we're not that far ahead. And then... Yeah. And then, yes... Uh, I
2: was curious, and I don't know that I ever noticed this. Uh, so there's there are two phone calls, or there's one phone call where the one phone rings and no one is there to answer it, and it's a yellow phone. Where
1: are these phone calls happening?
2: Banana phone. No, like like little guys on the phone.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
2: And then there's that other phone that no one answers; it just rings. And I didn't
1: weird. even. I my brain only can hold so much information at time, and I
2: this was like the first thing I wrote. Okay. The palette is important.
1: The palette is important. The color palette? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, red and blue primarily. There's a
1: lot of red and blue in this.
2: But I was wondering if yellow meant something because the, there and that's, and there's a yellow phone that rings and no one's there to answer it. So I was wondering if yellow represented something else that's absent.
1: It's just the other primary what? color, Dave. There's literally no meaning.
2: The liver. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on. I am totally sober, so I can't follow this this logic. <laughs> but maybe there's something to that.
1: I mean, it's yeah, I think I think everybody thinks too hard about David Lynch's stuff. Everybody goes on these deep dives and tries to analyze and I think he's just
0: Taking the piss. Taking the piss. I, the piss. No, I think he's just no, being I'd weird. No, I think it's just people.
1: Because we need for something to make sense and oh, have meaning, sure. and it just doesn't. And we just have to accept that it doesn't.
2: But is this any less respectable than a surrealist painting, where it's all about well, he the interpretation? His, he
0: compares his own film to a surrealist painting later in this movie, when he when he references the, the Marguerite. This is not a pipe. This is a pipe thing. I can't remember what what this, this... It was somebody's speech that this isn't this, this isn't this, but it is this.
1: The what? Which director? There were two directors.
2: I can't remember. The young director? I can't remember who was saying it.
1: That okay. doesn't sound
2: like what Justin Theroux was No. saying. No. Um, oh, the old man... Oh, yeah, the old man in, in the audition. Mm-hmm. Okay. The old man director in the yeah. audition.
1: There you go. Yes. I was say, there was two directors.
2: Because he, uh, he... Well, yeah, really, that guy is there as like... Not, almost like to poke fun at Lynch. Yeah, he, he, he's just like, or or the idea that people are trying to figure out his movies. And mm-hmm. It's like, well,
1: I really think we're not supposed to. Um, so, isn't
2: the journey what matters?
1: You're talking about the phone, Don't and stop you're ta- believing. so am curious. While Dave is noticing the color, the obvious color palette, and the yellow phone that nobody answers, and whatnot, I'm noticing. I just realized the dwarf is in a regular size suit. <laughs> and by regular size I mean like per I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying the wrong thing but like this is a little no, person. Do it. This is a little person, clearly a little person. I've seen him in other things like again he played a leprechaun. He's a little person. Uh in a suit made for a man of average height. Like you can clearly see the shoulders are way too wide, the legs are way too long, the arms are way too long and he's he's just in it.
2: He bought off the rack.
1: He's just once. in
2: it. He bought off the rack once.
1: And I'm pretty sure that like when he's on the phone, those are not his arms because those arms are way too long to be his arms.
2: Well, there was somebody else in the room with him.
1: But they were in his suit. Oh. It was the arms in the suit were not this human man's arms. Why? They were somebody else's arms because his head was on a normal size body. You know
2: that I didn't notice.
1: I did I was sober when I watched this. I wish I hadn't been. That
2: was your problem.
1: Well, I didn't feel sober by the time the movie was over. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Oh,
0: one thing I I wanted to say earlier, and I didn't, uh, they really made uh, Naomi Watts' character, Betty, look an awful lot like, what's her name from Twin Peaks? Laura the, Palmer.
2: Say she doesn't look anything killed. like Laura
0: Palmer. No, like the hair and the way they but lit her Laura at the Palmer's beginning of the movie. Laura Palmer's long blonde. Look, I'm just saying there were definitely parallels with her look.
1: I mean, the whole... This whole there's style, many. The whole stylization of this is very Twin Yeah, Peaks.
2: there's a lot of parallels, but I wouldn't I wouldn't I, say that. I, I thought... It, I think she just think it is was. supposed to look exactly like how, how Amanda described her. The young girl coming to Hollywood for the first time. Fresh-faced... Full of optimism that gets annoying. Uh,
1: Like, she's, she is not, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, not dissuade. She's not shaken by anything. No. Like, she shows up to her apartment.
0: And there's a naked woman in the shower. Also. Well, well
1: first we meet wax figure Betty Boop.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: She was great.
1: She was wonderful. Coco. I'm simply commenting on her appearance. And I feel huh. like that was also an intentional choice.
2: With a Michael Jackson nose.
1: That's why I said wax figure, Betty Boop.
2: Aw. Um, Ouch.
1: Who, and her acting. That was the eyebrows. Her acting <laughs> at this point also is very, very complicit. crazy neighbor, like theatrical. Like, oh, well, I'm your neighbor, and da-da-da-da-da. And the way everything is delivered seems very.
0: And f- there's dog crap in the plaza.
1: Ah, yes. So it feels very stage play, it, theatrical. It, it, no nuance, just...
2: No, it, it just felt like watching... Ham-fisted
1: in your face.
2: It felt like watching... Well, we already did watch one for this. Uh, but it feels like I'm watching Capra. In color. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: old, old Hollywood movies did feel very theatrical because they hadn't found that And I nuance And I think
2: that, that this is supposed to reflect that era where things are a little more innocent.
0: Well, and it fits without getting too far into also no one has a cell phone the theory uh, your theory <laughs> of what what happened it fits your theory that you shared with me that this is
2: a fantasy
0: being played out in someone's head
1: mhm i got to that much much later well there, it, see
2: <laughs> and and, yeah. and i and i've always felt like that was the case but i'm not now, now I'm
0: I I like am I am thing. neutral on that, but it does fit. Like, oh, this is how this person is picturing these these caricatures mm-hmm. of Hollywood, and,
2: and and the ease in which she walks into an into an audition charms everyone in the room. Oh, mm-hmm. what, what's up? And then are know, we at the audition already? No, okay. no, but no. we brought it up when we get but to it. I want to talk about. We're it. almost there. I did want to say I wish I could get a free Hollywood apartment even without the naked woman, but she comes with, like, oh, that's a deal. So, so and she's
1: gorgeous. She's yeah. naked in the
2: shower, but the shower's not running.
1: The shower's, she's naked in the, so, okay, so Betty.
2: Soundish. Betty
1: meets <laughs> wax figure Betty Boop over-the-top landlady, uh, goes into her apartment, uh, is unpacking, walks into her bathroom, finds a naked woman in the shower in her bathroom, and it's just like, Oh, goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize anyone was in here. And then starts to have a conversation with her as if it's not a big deal. And as you said, Rita is standing in the shower, positioned in that position as you do where you can't quite see anything. But the shower is not running. Because
2: we need the modesty for now. Look, she's, the shower's, she's, not running. she's so concussed, she didn't even know how to turn on a shower.
1: The shower is not running, uh, she is not wet. And she still has her hair done and her makeup on. She's just standing in there for whatever reason. And Betty starts having a conversation with her and what's your name and this and that. And she's like, oh, sorry. Like, this is this is very strange. I'll give you privacy. You, mu- you must
2: be my the friend of my Aunt Ruth. Yeah. Even though she didn't mention anything about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No suspicion whatsoever for the strange lady in the apartment that was supposed to be. Empty. But, you know,
2: bird in the hand.
1: Hey.
0: Later, boob in the hand. <clears throat>
1: Damn yes, skippy. it's true.
0: Damn, Skippy! Freaking movie got thirsty.
1: <laughs> so that's <laughs> this. This is how Betty and Rita meet. Rita. Betty and Rita. Well, we don't know she's Rita yet.
0: We we're pretty much there because yeah. Then
1: in fact, she you know just actually...
2: just for ease' sake, I think we can call her Rita because otherwise well, it's it's you know buxom brunettes. With concussion or whatever,
1: as she's B
2: B W C. That that we see feels like we're getting closer to something we shouldn't be talking about.
1: Well, as she's walking around, you know, the apartment, very being very cagey, and Rita or uh, Betty is very nonplussed. Yeah, about this cagey ass woman,
0: but not suspicious at all. Acting
1: super weird. Uh, she's what, a nurturer, and. Yeah. And then what's your name? <laughs> and again, the very very heavy-handed Aww. of Rita mouth slightly open, eyes wide, looking, panning off to the distance, focusing on the poster on the wall and zooming in on that poster that says Rita Hayworth. And then her saying
0: Rita. It's hey, <laughs> there's
1: Rita. My name's Rita. So
0: there's an old joke. Um, like,
1: again, so over the top.
0: This is how old it is. It's before I stopped watching Family Guy, which was decades ago. But there was an episode of Family Guy where Peter was trying to convince somebody uh, that he, he... Like, they asked him what his name was, and he was, he was trying to give him a fake name, and he looked around the room. And he literally saw somebody eating peas, and then somebody crying, and then a griffin flying. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, pee, cheer Griffin! Peter Griffin! And I'm just like, that's fucking hilarious. That's how stupid this was, too. Again, Rita.
1: at this point, I have decided that this is Lynch poking fun at all these tropes. Because oh, yeah. all of these things have happened in other movies, but more subtly, but you see them so often that he's just like...
2: Yeah, usually yeah. not all together.
1: Right. That's why I was like, okay, this is a somewhat clever... Satire. I can I can roll with that. That's where I was at this point, which we're only about twenty five minutes into the movie at this point, into a two and a half hour film. Yeah. Um. After that, my next test message is in relation to the hitmen. So I don't know if we're missing anything between. Oh, the
0: fucking Hitman.
1: The hitman.
2: Oh God! What a yeah, fucking idiot. Uh,
1: Dave has better notes than me.
2: Well, the, we talked about the espresso. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the espresso is back in the director's meeting where there's just this giant man, which I don't know why Mr. Server Guy is giant, but he just looks astoundingly large to me. You know,
2: there's a thing where David Lynch likes to have a really tall guy and a really short guy.
1: Well, everybody else he is He does sitting. like that, yeah. But yeah, this guy is huge, and he nervously sets down this espresso cup and Because we,
2: they've all been assured
1: that this is excellent espresso. World-renowned. Uh, we zoom in on the espresso as it gets set down, and we're, we're focusing very hard on the espresso. Homie takes a drink of it, doesn't swallow, takes his cloth napkin, and doesn't spit, but just lets it
2: like dribble, dribble
1: yeah. out of his mouth.
2: Hey, for a non-actor, that's a hell of a performance.
0: <laughs> it was it was fun well, to watch. Everyone I will say that.
1: stares in horror. That was another laugh out loud slash what the fuck moment for me.
0: I enjoyed that moment, but I, I was like, this is stupid.
1: <laughs> this is so out of pocket. <laughs> and then, you know what <laughs> my favorite, great. how
0: stupid these people are? Uh, the director, after that meeting where he's all pissed off, he goes out and he, he bashes the, the mob guy's car. Like, he literally trashes their car,
2: and I'm like, are you trying to get dead?
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Well, he's, you know, petulant young Hollywood.
0: No, because he can't play petulant.
2: Well, that's his idea of petulance.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying, like, I don't think... It's his little
2: bit of rebellion.
0: uh, Not to be a dick, but I, I don't think he has the acting range to show petulance.
2: Well, that's why he's mostly a screenwriter now. Yeah, fair enough. I think he wrote Tropic Thunder. Did he really? I think I so. I mean,
1: that is a cinematic masterpiece. I'm just saying. It's
2: a pretty wild movie. See? And where do you get all those great ideas?
1: But that is satire done very, very well. This was something.
0: It was something already. Right.
1: Um, so now are we at the oh, so we, we yeah,
0: at That's Hitman when we round find
2: round. out that Camilla Rhodes is the girl. Oh, yeah. She's the girl.
1: You say, that's the girl.
2: Jesus, and that's it. I mean, that's I mean, it. That, that's, I mean and... yeah, that's the whole movie. So, yeah, no. no, uh,
1: yeah. So then we get to the hitmen, um, which
2: is are they both hitmen? I thought only the one guy was. I think the
1: one guy, only the blonde guy is a hitman. Yeah, Ooh, two... That's
2: the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 That's the best scene. In the blonde any... guy This is my favorite scene in maybe any movie.
1: Who played? Uh, for anybody who may not have recognized him, he was. Uh, Lucifer on Supernatural, he was yes, also Rita's shitty ex husband on Dexter. And Jacob
2: and Lost.
1: Been in yes, he's been in he always plays a bad guy. Well not in Jake
2: not not in Jacob's case, but he does get dispatched by a bad guy. Wasn't Jacob
1: a bad guy? No, there was
2: the other guy who played Bosch, who was the Mm -hmm. evil brother.
1: Okay. Hieronymus Bosch? Yes.
2: Detective.
0: Yeah, that's who I was talking about. So he
1: and. Yeah. Not to be confused with the painter. He and Belkie Bartakamus from Wish are having a conversation <laughs> in
2: an office. <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy to think he you looks not, like. Now no. Know, that said no, yeah. And, and, and even for 2001, I'm like, bro, your hair's like so 10 years ago. Like, did you wander off the set of Encino Man or something? Like, what?
0: Oh my god. Okay, this is a side note. Apparently. Corey Feldman was originally supposed to play Brendan Fraser's role in See Man.
1: No.
2: I might put that in my...
0: Uh, At least according to no, Corey I, Feldman.
2: Yeah, okay. Alright, well, if it's according to Corey Feldman, I'll take that. And he, Corey Feldman thinks he can sing.
1: Yes. He's not a bad singer. He is. He's terrible. Okay, we're getting off topic. He, yes.
0: Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about this scene with the Hitman because it it's was, my favorite scene in the well, entire
1: fucking movie. to me, have you gotten to the Hitman yet? And I'm like okay uh, i got to the hitman the
2: first time i saw this movie that was the scene i wandered in on yeah like like that's where i I'm like, and and i remember talking about it to your husband like two years after watching it i'm like what the fuck was that movie i saw where that dude <laughs> has like a you know a, 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 a hit that goes a little sideways and a shoots, little sideways shoots,
1: shoot, well, so this, it, it goes into a bigger backside, but this, yeah, it goes a little this sideways. This scene was also... This is what solidified for me that this movie was a comedy. Because this everything that happens in this scene is so ridiculous. And oddly, did remind me of Pulp Fiction because of the absurdity of it.
2: It reminds me of Wild at Heart. Yeah. Okay. because Because Lynch has these moments where, in every movie where and wild at heart is a com- it's another completely isolated scene where crispin glover is oh, in, is in the crispin kitchen crispin glover he, he's in the kitchen and he has Someone's made a kitchen. mountain of sandwiches Chris. uh-huh just um
0: like cute is this like the donuts in twin speak twin peak no, you or? no
2: because there there's one piece of dialogue that's important i think it was his mother comes into comes into the kitchen she's like what are you doing and he's like
1: I'm making my lunch, in his Crispin Glovery way.
2: And then it, and then we go come back to Laura Dern, like there's, like it's just a she's telling this story, and it had to be shown, uh, of course, because well any excuse you can have to have Crispin Glover on screen I think is a good idea.
1: Well, in this, Hitman completes the hit that he's assuming presumably there for. Um, and then is attempting to make it look like a suicide. He's wiping the gun off, and as he's attempting to put the gun into the hand of the person he has just assassinated, another shot goes off, and it goes through the wall, and we hear, Ow! Oh my God!
2: That lady is the
1: best. I don't know who that woman is. Me either. But she is delightful. A uh,
0: large female Forrest Gump is my hero.
1: <laughs> so he goes, Bubblegum. She's more bubba. Yes, because it bit me. She said something bit me. So he goes next door, and this woman is just standing (laughs) there going, Something bit me. It bit me real, real bad. And she's like trying to spin around and look behind because it's bit her in the ass, clearly. And she can't see her ass. So she's just spinning in a circle talking about how she got bit. And so he's like, Well, I have to take care of this witness now. And that does not go as planned because she is a large woman. And she takes him out. And then he's dragging her down the hallway, trying to get her back <laughs> into the right room. And we see, you know, uh, the carpet cleaner guy. He's just standing Custodian. there. Custodian. Custodian, there you go. Just standing there with his vacuum. Just watching this happen. And the hitman's like, Oh man, man, you got you gotta come in here. You gotta come in here and call the police. She's as she's clearly flailing he's like she's she's hurt real bad she's hurt real bad I mean, <laughs> we've got to get her in here
2: the dude it was, was it like a floor waxer or something he had a vacuum oh yeah and i think he's the most realistic character in this whole movie because yeah because he's like hey come over here and help me and he's like no,
1: nah, i don't know what's happening yeah but here. then he yeah.
2: dies he well does so
1: eventually. hitman gets ms gump into the office finally does away with her properly. Wait, wait,
2: can we at least talk about her incredible dialogue?
1: Besides, it bit me. It bit me. Yeah. No. No.
0: That's yeah. no. Then
1: <laughs> that's the excellent no! writing that happens in the first half. I think of this. she was improvising. Quite possibly.
2: I'm not sure if he allows that on set.
1: Oh. I mean, literally for th- her.
2: Yes. <laughs> the, 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 he tried getting her to deliver the The dialogue in life.
1: this is written like a third grade film student. Like, it's terrible.
2: I but feel like it's a stream of consciousness that he never went back and, like, did another draft. He just wrote a of
1: together and, Or it's just a first, it's a first it's like, draft. It's like, you know, I should... Where there's I'll have a, to
2: go back and clean up this dialogue. There's a note
1: somewhere it. that says, I'll beef this up later. And then he just never did. Well,
2: he's like, it's already two and a half hours. How much beefier could I get it?
1: So, you know... Uh, The custodian, after, like a minute later, just walks in and is just like pushing his vacuum and is like, I don't think he ever says anything. No. And then the hitman just shoots him, takes him out. And then as he falls, the vacuum cleaner comes on.
2: Not, didn't he shoot the vacuum? Oh, he shoots Not it. Not yet. Not yet.
1: The vacuum cleaner comes on. So instead of... Of course out. it's making noise. Yeah. So instead of just turning the vacuum cleaner off, he shoots it, which my text message is, yeah, shooting the vacuum is the perfect plan. <laughs> um so of course the vac this old vacuum, which it looks like something from the seventies.
2: Yeah, it looks like it looks like one you'd see in a motel closet.
1: Starts going even louder and smoking and sets the smoke alarm off and it's one of those like wah, wah, wah. Smoke alarms. Um, and then, yeah, that's just the end of that scene. Fiend. You know. Pure it, comedy if, gold. If it's
2: not a, yeah, if that was a short just on its own.
1: I was so confused at this point because I'm like, everything I heard, I thought this was supposed to be like like a noir-inspired like horror thriller movie. And up to this point, I'm like, this is just all hilarious. But,
2: but notice that. Those, the you know, those, the two, the two guys in that scene are not act, acting the same way that other people have been acting. Like it's, they, they don't have a very old timey Hollywood dynamic.
1: But it, that's why I felt like. Does this exist
2: outside s- of.
1: Maybe, or. But it did feel like he was jumping genres mm-hmm. a bit like it didn't all feel old hollywood and noir but a lot of it did but, but that's it,
2: what it makes me wonder yeah. like like what is betty's story just this isolated thing and we're and we're getting just getting
1: hit? to know all the other characters yeah
2: like like is is this a some sort of other dimension like with it, well, another dimension not good.
1: So yes, as and in my text messages, I can't believe people took this movie seriously. I always thought it was a dark thriller mystery. Um, then oh, maybe oh, I'm skipping you know something, oh, but my also, next text message is about Billy Ray.
2: And also, wait—that oh. scene. Also, it felt very Coen Brothers.
1: Yes, I, I was like
0: burn after reading, kind of. A I can see yeah, that. yeah. And well, and all,
2: I all mean, for that little black book.
0: Yeah.
1: Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy
0: Ray Cyrus.
1: And yeah, we were also, as we were changing some batteries on things, discussing, yes, this podcast is going longer than normal, but I don't think you can't do that with David Lynch because there's just so much, there's just so many things happening. So, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, if I haven't forgotten anything, uh, so we get Director Man that we've sort of seen and kind of understand that he's a director because, you know, we don't go in depth with too many people here. Well, he's got the
0: glasses He's got, he's the, got glasses, the glasses and he walks around with a golf club. And he yes. wears
1: all black. Yes. he uh, he reminds me, like he kind of looks like um Ben Stiller? No. Guy uh, Fieri? No. <laughs> the guy we were just talking about Lost earlier.
0: Dominic Moynihan?
1: No. Uh never mind. He didn't direct Lost. He but he did direct
0: JJ Abrams? Yes,
1: he looks like J.J. Abrams to me.
0: Wow. Okay. Anyway. I couldn't tell you what J.J. Abrams looks like. He looks like that. He doesn't
1: look like that. So J.J. Abrams walks into his own home.
2: He looks like a character from Rick and Morty.
1: Rick walks into his own home where his wife is in bed with Billy Ray Cyrus.
0: Billy fucking Ray Cyrus. Billy
1: Ray Cyrus in his full mullet glory.
2: BRC. Dude broke his heart. Broke his achy, breaky heart. And now he's breaking Adam Kesher's heart.
1: So, of course... He's upset because he's seeing his wife in bed with another man, even though they seem seem like they're estranged. But yeah, but seeing is...
2: Billy Ray Cyrus in your bed's kind of yeah. Off. It's I think it is the
0: it, that it's Billy Ray Cyrus.
2: Well, and the fact that he is the pool guy, which is really where Billy Ray Cyrus so should cliche, be. Cliche though. I'm like, of course it's the pool guy. Yeah. Well, what job do you think Billy Ray Cyrus can
0: do? No, I meant that the wife is having sex with. Is it, the cliche with is the, the pool, pool guy? Yeah,
1: but a again, pool... I think. I, I think, mean,
0: unless I it's Walter Matthau from Bad News Bears, it's cliche to have sex with the pool boy. I
1: think he pokes fun at Wait, did
2: Walter Matthau have sex with the pool boy? He was a pool guy. Oh, I thought there were a lot of little kids in that, so. Sounds...
0: Yeah, but also Jackie Earl Haley was in it, so it's it's okay. Right, it's weird.
1: So this is, yet another, <laughs> this is yet another heavy-handed trope of coming home, wife is sleeping with the pool boy, wife gets very indignant about the fact that she's caught cheating, uh... Husband is like, I'm going to pour paint on your jewelry. And as wife is freaking out, Billy Ray delivers the best line of the entire movie, Mm -hmm. where just deadpan in bed says, he's probably upset, Lorraine. (laughs) I lost it. it. I love that. I lost it. I texted that to Nick, and Nick says, literally wrote that down, because how could you not?
2: I would love a spinoff with Gene and... The lady from the who got shot in the ass. Oh, can we throw Coco in there too? Yeah, she can be an uh, oddball neighbor.
0: Yeah, she can be the the dick butt of the oh, show. Oh, and
2: also uh, the nun mole, the no, mole mole nun. Oh yeah. Ah uh, yes.
1: So so chaos ensues. There's paint being poured on jewelry. Wife goes after husband. Husband goes after wife. Billy Ray Cyrus beats up husband. Yep. Yeah. And then that's the end of that scene. I mean, that's
0: that. That's a pretty pretty obvious result of that fight. I don't think anybody would have thought it would have gone the other way.
1: He's probably upset, Lorraine. Cinematic well, you see, you
2: see, Billy Ray Cyrus would never be able to fight now because he cut the mullet. He's Samson. Yep. That's true.
1: So after this, um, then the next thing I have written about is the audition. Mm-hmm. So,
0: man, this audition.
1: Betty walks in to an audition. Well, they
0: practice a little bit before that. They do, yeah. they do.
1: They read lines, and it's very
0: cute, friendly.
1: But it's very so. Rita is delivering the lines you mean very. Betty. Rita is delivering the lines you very. I'm no, not. No, no. this
0: is the practice. Rita
1: is delivering oh, the lines. Okay. Stop correcting me, Dave. I'm
2: sorry. You mean well, Betty? You said the audition, and that's not the audition.
1: Well, he said there's some practicing. Oh, yes, you know why practicing. I
2: remember that?
0: Because uh, she makes her something. Or she's going to make her a sandwich, and she goes, she looks at her watching as she walks in to make her a sandwich after they were practicing, uh-huh. and she goes, oh, my audition's in an hour, and she just goes off to make the sandwich, and I'm like, I don't know where you are in L.A., but if you have an audition in an hour, there's no way you're getting there anywhere else in L.A. unless it's next door.
1: Well, she is. I've actually never had a hard time getting around L.A. She, I always hear that, but I have not experienced the it. in Hollywood
2: Hills, so it, like, yeah. it probably is a bad thing. It depends on where the audition oh, I'm, is. I'm sure it does, but Barry Bostwick will wait.
1: So they're reading the lines, and yes, Rita is reading the lines. I've, As someone who's, you know, read lines with somebody who's not an actor, like, Rita is reading the lines very much like this. But it's not all that different from any of the rest of her dialogue in the movie. No. And Betty Along is reading with her all-
2: personality and her memories.
1: Go, and Betty is delivery. reading the lines very much how the very stereotypical like this is the first time I'm seeing the scene how you would read that scene like, "Oh, I will kill you. You're terrible." Like she takes it up. and Then she gets to the audition. Well,
2: she also sort of laughs it off, too, because I At think the she, very end, because she's I, like,
1: "And then I cry and whatever." But Cuz I
2: think she realizes how absurd it can sound, too. Well, maybe. Maybe I'm she giving her too play much credit off. as a self She did play it off at
1: the end. Like, it was okay. It was fine. It was good enough for me to cast somebody of that caliber in one of the shows that I direct where, you know, five people audition for something. But nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets to the audition, and we see a, her co-star, who's, I'm thinking this is going to go a completely different way than it does because he's being creepy, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Oh, can we play it real close like I did with the?" And he doesn't he say the brunette, so I'm thinking maybe it's Rita, but it never gets brought up again. So I guess it's yeah, just it some be. other brunette. That's yeah,
2: it's a, a good good thought. I yeah, was like, could... "Oh, is this
1: how this is going to tie in?" But he's like, "Can we play it real close like I did with the brunette?" I liked that. So they start the audition and. He not starts- to mention
2: that he's criticized every single one's performance. Uh-huh. Like and and he he's like every single person delivers the lines exactly the same way and I'm just reacting you want more out of me somebody's got to bring something better to the table. Well, when, exactly. And the directors just sitting there like, "Yeah, okay." Okay. Whatever.
1: So, he it's starts he starts getting handsy and instead of getting offended, Betty leans into it. And they have this, they completely change the dynamic of that scene. And it is actually very well done. It's very hot. It changes the meaning completely. As someone who is an actor, it's like just the delivery of lines of dialogue can change the meaning of that dialogue completely.
0: Even though the dialogue is still terrible. Yeah, the dialogue
2: itself is still shit.
1: And I said, in an audition? Damn. Like, I... having to deal with actors and like we don't we can't afford an intimacy coordinator so I have to do my best to even make people comfortable and coordinate that sort of thing how in a does, very in how a, does one ap-
2: apply for such a position you, you literally training. have to
1: train for it yeah. it's, like an HR no it's literally just it's an
0: actual profession like, yeah huh.
1: Um it's yeah it kind of has to do with psychology and human behavior and just it's good to make People very comfortable, and not that I ever direct anything that has like sex scenes or anything. But there are moments where you know, know actors might kiss on stage or whatnot, and just implying incest. For you. Knowing how uncomfortable some of my actors have gotten with very very simple, just standing close to each other and acting lustful. Seeing someone go into an audition and. Full on make out with a man she's never met is just wild. To Who's me. also old and
2: gross. Yes.
0: Yeah, but also and and This is the <laughs> this is kind of the one of the weird. Oh, he things. was George
2: Hamilton. That's not who Barry, reminded me. Not of. Barry Bostwick.
0: <laughs> one of the weird things that this foils to me, and I, and I don't think there was Lynch being intentional because it'd be <laughs> a criticism of himself. Is this comes off very like before she leans in and embraces it, like it's very like. Hollywood casting couch, like, what would you That's do for a really role? That's really right. where I
1: thought it was going. But
0: then we get the over-the-top gratuitous nudity from from the, uh, from Rita and Betty later, that I'm like, this feels like the kind of weird Hollywood shit directors make, may have made women do over the years, where it doesn't really add anything to the movie other than the fact that, hey, there are some very lovely
2: boobs on the screen right now.
1: Yes, so
2: well, that didn't did, didn't accomplish anything else for you. I.
1: It, I mean, I don't want to know what it accomplished for him, but it, it didn't move the plot of the movie. <laughs> I will say, in two
0: thousand and one, when I was nineteen and the internet was a thing, that's not what I'm saying. I, I it
1: didn't. It was completely unnecessary. It
0: was unnecessary. It didn't to the need
2: movie. to be, I guess, as graphic. For as graphic as it is, I guess.
0: And I wouldn't even call it graphic. It was just literally like, I'm, I'm gratuitous. Fine. There you
1: go, gratuitous.
2: Uh, but you know, I. Th- I think you're well, well. No, I'm, I'm sure saying, what the intent was some sort of unbridled passion. I just think David
0: Lynch was horny. Um, but it just it's interesting to me that that was in the same film that this scene happened in. It's it was just an interesting foil to me.
1: So, back to the the scene at hand, though. Yes, I at hand everything that you when said. she put
0: his hand on yes. her butt.
1: The the reaction from the one guy in there, which up to the, cause everything has been so heavy handed and over the top, that that little scene was by far the best acting to the movie at this point. And one of the guys in the casting room just says, eh, "Felt forced, but humanistic." I was the director. Yeah. Yeah, Forced, but humanistic. Whatever, like completely. <laughs> and that, not he, and then he just
2: started kind of just gibberish after that.
1: Everybody and, else was very. Excited, I know, but though. that guy,
2: that guy was like, no, like, not in this planet. I don't know what he was talking about.
1: All right, but
2: uh, yeah, the old man, uh, who I guess is the, what, who what is he? I guess he's the producer. Yeah, uh, is overjoyed. They have that other... Yeah, the producer
1: and the co-star are overjoyed. They have
2: that other casting director who's not, apparently way more important than these guys. But
0: not working on that film. She's just there to be there.
1: Well, she lets Betty know that... This is The, shit. the producer is never going to get this movie made. He's just old and the movie's shit and this and that. And Betty's like, oh, but like he seems so sweet.
0: Oh, he's a sweetheart, but he's also terrible.
1: <laughs> so... But let's then, go across the street. So then they go across. She's like, "I know somebody who I you know who's mover and a shaker." So they go across the street, and J.J. Abrams is there on set.
2: <laughs> well, that would be a legitimate mover and shaker, I think, and even from two thousand one.
1: And he turns and sees Betty, and we zoom in on Betty's eyes, and then we show his eyes, and then we show her eyes, and then we show his eyes. And then he turns back to what he's doing where he's auditioning these girls.
2: Don't forget that doo-wop song. Well, there's yeah. a doo-wop
1: song, which I did like the cinematography of showing what looks like a TV screen mm-hmm. where doo-wop is happening and then the whole pullback to see it's a set. I was like, yeah. okay, that's fun. Well,
0: we also got the girl.
1: Well, yes, this is when there's a scene between JJ Abrams and the girl that was singing the doo-wop song and she's like, they know each other. And she's just like, oh yeah, like, don't forget me. I really want this role. da And he's just like... Okay, okay, because he's been told. Yeah. So then we see the girl, and he does exactly as he's told, and he turns to whoever the hell the other guy is, and it's just like, that's the girl.
0: Like, <laughs> Did you expect her to be terrible?
1: I did, kind of.
0: Me too, and then she was fine.
1: Yeah, there was nothing wrong was with her. I was going to
2: say, I mean, what do we really know? I mean, right, So but it far, was like, she's just singing. I'm like, okay, she's I fine. fine.
1: I mean, I've seen that actress in a ton of other stuff, but in Weirdly this- Weirdly
2: in Alias on <laughs> J.J. Abrams' project.
1: She was in Alias. Oh, she was al- she's in a lot of horror stuff. She was in 30 Days of Night. Oh,
2: yeah, she's been in a bunch
1: oh, of- 30 of Days of Night. Yeah. yeah, she was in that movie with um, Clive Owen and Jennifer Aniston, where Jennifer Aniston sets him up. At the mo- hotel. That's a great movie. I've
2: never seen that.
1: Oh, that's a great I movie. I can't
2: imagine Clive Owen anywhere near Jennifer Aniston. Speaking of Jennifer Aniston. I can't Aniston.
1: remember the name of the movie. I will tell you guys about it afterwards, but it's a great movie with two of those, and okay. she's the wife in that movie. That
0: was not the Jennifer Aniston reference I thought we were going to get in this in this discussion.
1: I hope we don't have any more.
0: Well, I mean, what's his face? Was, wasn't was he married to Jennifer
1: Aniston at one point? She's only been married to Brad Pitt, as Walt far Davis? as I know.
0: Then he, she dated him for a long time. Travis er, Justin uh, Thoreau. Oh, I don't know. J.J. Yes. Abrams? Yes, J.J. Abrams.
1: I have no idea who Jennifer like Aniston Lyle
0: Lyle goes Lovett? with. Lyle Lovett? <laughs> that was yes. Julia
1: Roberts. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes, Jennifer Aniston dated Lyle Lovett.
1: Okay, so after, after this, <laughs> when J.J. Abrams says, this is the girl, and there's that weird, like, very over-the-top connection between him and Betty as they're looking at each other, and then she never gets introduced to anybody. I don't know why they're across the hall. <laughs> she never gets incorporated into the scene, aside from sort of being over there and catching his eye. I,
2: I think it's yeah, just to show you that she she had some connection to him. It, like I so, guess. It, it, it it so much of this is just for later. You know what I mean? Like it's. Like it seems so unimportant because right, we're just sort of boom 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 it the meat of the the meat of the movies in the second half, I mean
1: well, this is when things start to get weird because Rita thinks she might know her name. It might be Diane, who is Diane? Let's find Diane. <laughs> <laughs> on Mulholland Drive, yeah, yeah. Mulholland Drive, Mulholland Drive, Mulholland Drive. Rita remembers that's where she woke up.
2: Was it on Mulholland Drive? Mul- Presumably they- because there are signs. I keep
1: I keep Everywhere saying it signs. that way because that's how that scene is delivered. Uh, so Rita, Diane, we're going to figure out who Diane is. So we go through the phone book and find Diane and the same last initial, which I can't remember what the last S. name is. Diane S. and Call, Diane. This is not Rita's voice. Oh, I wonder if
2: that's the yellow phone.
1: So I don't think... Could be. So I, I don't... So we don't... We Okay, so Rita's clearly not Diane, because that's not Rita's voice. So let's go to Diane's apartment. Go to Diane's apartment. Somebody else is in Diane's apartment. We switched apartments, because yeah. apparently that's a thing you can just do.
2: Yeah, rude neighbor. Uh,
0: man. Weird scenario.
1: We switched apartments, because that's a thing you can do. Uh... So they break into number 17 which is Diane's apartment and find a dead body who's clearly been dead for some time. Cuz she stink. Yes. Smells immediately is in, well into decay. Diane comes not Diane Rita. Rita comes running out of the house and again such stereotypical terrible trope acting with the hands over the face and the- it,
2: is this also where we see them sort of superimposed over each other a little bit because they're they're both on the outside and they're freaking out and I think Yes, I, I think I missed you're right. That, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, they, I think there's a little fun. bit of there's a little bit of fate of a uh, you know over or double exposure where you they're sort of commingling, in a way.
1: And this is the turning point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Basically. And as as we're going forward with them in the theater, I am reminded of another thing that I didn't write down, but was just a hilarious moment for me. Silencio. Where, we're not quite to Silencio yet. Not quite
0: yet, because, yeah. But,
2: so,
1: they go home, and, you know, Rita is thinking, okay, clearly somebody's trying to kill me. So she's crying in the sink and she's got scissors and she's going to chop off her hair. And Betty's like, I know what you have to do, but let me do it. Cut to Rita standing there with a blonde like pixie cut sort of mid pixie cut bob. Is it
2: is it not really just Betty's hair? It is the weirdest look on her.
1: So it, it does not
2: look right. It's, no. it's
1: platinum. It's completely different. It's short. Again, this feels like poking fun at every trope where somebody's like, I got to hide. I'm going to quickly take my hair from black to blonde and make a super cute haircut in a gas station bathroom. You know and it's going to look Cause, fine. like that time.
0: Jason Bourne.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the reason a lot of people do that is sometimes it works. It doesn't. Ever work. Um, You have
2: proof? Maybe they just want to change up in their life.
1: I am a woman who has hair and has dyed it many different colors. And let me tell you, you can't just do that. It takes a lot of effort.
2: We'll see if you're on the run. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, like like bird on a wire. I mean, I could
1: shave my head and that would be a completely different look for me.
0: Oh, would you prefer nuns on the run?
1: We're getting distracted. We have a lot to talk about.
2: Yeah, no shit. But
1: the funniest part of it is cut to them standing in the mirror with Rita's new look. And... Betty's just like, you know, it's still you, da-da-da. And then a little bit later, before bed, before that scene, before bed, you see Rita. She's like, okay, it's time for bed. And then she just takes the wig off because it's a fucking wig. Yeah. They have changed nothing. It's just, it's a, just wig. a wig.
2: It's wig. It's <laughs> weird that she was going to go to bed nude, but with the wig still on. Well, I, okay, so...
1: Well then she takes her robe off and just Is this the gets full Monty you hey, can kid. leave
2: your wig on?
0: So of course she gets in bed noon because she doesn't we don't even know where she lives yet. She's also forgotten so her we clothes. Don't know, she doesn't have clothes other than her car crash clothes. She
1: had the robe she was wearing, and I'm sure Betty has some pajamas she could borrow. Fair
2: enough. To be fair, you're probably rifling through Aunt Ruth's closet. What I love yeah, is that's not going to be flattering.
0: Your ridiculous moment was the wig thing.
1: It was just so funny to me because they made such a big deal about here's your makeover, and I mean I could tell it was a wig, but like they made such a big deal about here's your make. This is the makeover scene where you have to change your look because bad people are after you, and just like the reveal, and then just taking the wig off.
0: My ridiculous <laughs> thing is the uh, the the announcement of love for someone that you've known for 24 hours, and have had nothing but until this moment... I feel like the friendly, passage
2: of time friendly, is actually kind of hard to figure no,
1: out at this point. I'm, well, she says, I'm, I am shouldn't have made you sleep on the couch last night. Oh, she, okay. So I'm thinking it's been more like 48 hours. I would like, say 36. I think 36. it's been a couple days. I
0: don't think it's been a full two days.
1: Nonetheless... Um, are we
0: counting Night
2: in the Bush?
1: <laughs> well, they didn't know each no, other yet, yeah. so... But 30, they didn't
2: I think 36 max. I wasn't talking about this scene with the in the bush. But
0: yeah. also not just the fact that all of a sudden it's like I'm in love with you thirty six hours, forty eight hours in. Well, do, but you, also, know, do they you know Do you know
1: how lesbians work? They had second territory. They had okay?
0: zero sexual chemistry until old girl had her boob hanging out in front of her.
1: Look, all I'm saying is How do you make is, your
2: intentions clear?
1: All I'm saying is as a straight woman, if a woman that looked like that got into bed naked with me, I'd be like, Yeah, You're going to have to make the first move, but I'm probably not going to say no.
2: No, I'm not saying I would have said no. (laughs) Damn it, Rita. Back in the shower with you and don't turn the water on.
1: Yes. So, yes, then there's a a love scene um, where Betty professes her love and Rita's just like, okay.
2: You know, what's funny is the actual love scene reminded me of the love scene from The Room. Because it's just (laughs) not very... It's awkward? Yeah. Just... It like you said, feels soon, but it also just sort. I know the reason for it. I would, but
0: I would say, if it was a sex scene and there was no you know, proclamation of love, I would have had less issue with the scene.
1: I think. Um, I mean, again, just going with my theory and the way I'm making sense of this, well, I yes, feel with like with your
0: theory, I that understand. also
1: was probably making fun of the trope of falling in love immediately, like you know enemies to lovers or in this case strangers to lesbians (laughs) in 24 hours
0: well well, lesbians i
1: also to be fair we don't know the sexuality of either of them at the beginning so maybe they came on the scene as lesbians
0: i think they they could just be be uniquely i I think it's pretty clear that rita is not a lesbian per se but maybe more pansexual well that's not clear until later yes fair enough I will also, and it might be because of when this movie came out and where we are now in times, I'm like, i would I'm like, man, was Lynch just like, oh, look, I'm being edgy, a lesbian sex scene in a major Hollywood film, blah, blah, blah.
2: It's not like it's, it's, it, it's not like it goes on for 10 minutes or no, something. No, but it's I'm like, saying in 2001. It does
1: go on for a while, though.
0: Yeah. And the second one goes on longer.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, after a night of lovemaking, <laughs> we need to go to the theater
0: at 2 in the morning.
1: Yes, I want to go somewhere. Let's go to the theater. Well,
2: well, she's also in her Rita in her sleep is saying oh, the silencio. This
0: is the silencio. 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 No,
2: silencio. Banda. no Let's banda, let's
0: silencio. go to the late night magic opera.
1: So, which honestly sounds fucking delightful like i would totally watch this show
2: oh yeah but like probably not at two in the morning for me i would, I would I like would. to maybe enjoy it at a time where i'm not nah, half it
1: sounds it seems like the perfect 2 a.m show or like midnight show well for sure. to be
0: fair i think most of the people in the audience are dave in that sense because they were there and they were just like
1: Well, I didn't even notice anybody in the audience until much later. There's
0: just a small smattering.
1: I thought, well, at first I thought it was just them. And And then- You
0: know what it made me think of?
1: Whatever's happening and this is some dream sequence.
0: It made me think of like- uh,
2: The Magic Castle?
0: No, it made me think of No. It made me think of like (laughs) Pee Wee Herman or uh, what's his name that got caught at one of those places? Uh, You're just talking about the nudie booth? well no but they were like full theaters where people would go paul see paul
1: rubens was in a <clears throat> they used to call them art theaters yeah yeah yeah
0: uh oh Fre- uh fred willard got caught doing that Aww, too yeah fred. yeah i know well, but like the way the people were spaced out made me feel like that was the kind of place it was which is weird i honestly Even i've never that's been very to well one but, like lit for it a little- is very well lit but like <laughs> it was like there's a couple over
2: here and then like no Way one over was here, sitting next couple, to each other. Yeah. You know what it is, these are yeah. people who go to the theater and observe the personal fucking space rule that says, if <laughs> I go into a theater and there's a bunch of open spaces, I'm not going to sit next to somebody. But nobody afraid. sat in the front.
1: Well, the front's not the best Everyone seat. is yes, in the balcony, is. is the point. Not even just in the front. Everyone's in the balcony.
0: All tucked away in their own little spaces.
1: So there's, again, the the red uh, is very much... There's very blue, red. too. Very much prominent. And
2: the the red curtain, Mm -hmm. which uh, is... It's funny that you said the red room because that's a Twin Peaks thing.
1: Well, yeah. I remember all the red from Twin Peaks peaks when I tried to watch it. And I'm like, oh, there's
2: there's the curtain.
1: So here's the curtain again. And then they're announcing the show. And then the singer comes out. And she's got an amazing voice. I, it was great. What what song was she that, singing? That it was in is, Spanish, in but it was a song I recognized. Be,
2: uh, Roy Orbison's "Crying."
1: There you go. Oh, I was like, I know this song, and, but I couldn't place it because it was in Spanish. And so
2: and I, I yeah, try. I did. I didn't realize it because she doesn't. It's not the same key, so I didn't realize it at the time. I because I, but I just love her version of it. It's, I'll take that one. I like Roy Orbison. But man, what
1: yeah, whoever that singer Re- was Rebecca del Rio. There you go.
2: Well she she dead now. No, she's not. She died okay,
1: before I'm the just,
0: song
2: stopped. That's did she?
0: Oh oh, we're not I sure if no the creepy no, no. guy died in the or sure the creepy guy died in the alley. But we're not sure that she died.
2: Well,
1: this is part of a performance. This is theater. but it was They're all recorded. weird theater. It's all recorded. There, all so right, I'm, I'm going to stay where, mum
2: on the rest of that.
1: This is where it really all starts to fall apart because Naomi Watts starts having, Naomi Watts Betty, starts having some kind of a seizure. Yeah. And then after this- but While
2: bathed in the blue strobe.
1: Yes. Blue
2: and then after strobe. this- um, I thought I had a drink.
1: We are in a completely different movie.
2: Yeah, completely different movie. Oh, we get a mirror sort of- in the same way that the, the, at the beginning of the movie, the head goes into the pillow, or camera goes into the pillow. Mm-hmm. This time, the camera goes
1: into the box. Well, even
2: before that,
0: though, Betty disappears before the box is even opened.
2: Yes. Yeah, Betty is not at Aunt Ruth's apartment. Well,
0: she was, and then she wasn't.
2: And then she wasn't. And this
0: is why, like...
1: Well, we, we I had theories. You have your theory.
0: My theory at that point, when that happened, I'm like, what is this, Fight Club? was my thought immediately. You said you
1: might be a fight club. I my I was thinking, I'm like, okay, perhaps Rita doesn't exist and Betty has just hallucinated her. Then when that happened and some other things happened, I was like, okay, maybe Betty doesn't exist and Rita's the one hallucinating.
2: What um, if parts of that are, are true? Well- But we don't, I mean, I'm not saying that anything I'm saying in this podcast is remotely definitive. What if? Because I. What if David Fincher
0: started to make a movie and then just was like, nah. Fuck it.
2: I think that was the killer.
1: So we cut to a mirror of, like you said, the first, one of the first scenes in the movie. And then we see in the very same position, in the same robe, in the same bed, in the same apartment. Betty, as someone's knocking at the door. But Betty is very much alive. Seemingly depressed, but very much alive. She answers the door. It's the shitty neighbor. And she's just like, it's been three weeks. Can I have my shit back? So it's just like, okay, it was all a dream. And, and, we, learned or something.
2: That, and we learned that Betty is Diane.
1: And Betty is Diane. So little ditty. at this point, well, I'm like, okay, perhaps, yes, that whole thing was just... All a dream.
0: Like New Heart. But then spoilers.
1: But so I'm thinking it's all a dream, whatever. She's gone on some bender or she's schizophrenic or whatever it is. But then we start reintroducing all these characters back in in a nonsensical order.
0: Oh, you know what we didn't mention? The cowboy. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, the random cowboy.
0: I liked the cowboy.
1: The cowboy that waxed philosophic to J.J. Abrams in the middle of nowhere and for no reason told
0: him that if you see me once, you did good. If you see me more than once, you didn't do good.
2: We see him at the. Oh, yeah. We also <laughs> didn't talk talk about the.
1: There's so many things. Yeah,
2: we also didn't and we're talk- talking so much. We didn't. Yeah, we, we didn't we really a- talk about the uh, the demise of Billy Ray Cyrus.
0: Oh yeah, he got punched right in the face by a by a mobster, a very large Italian man. Who oh, also yes. punched J.J. Abrams' wife in the face. The
1: mobster who was looking for J.J. Abrams because... Adam Kesha. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what? It
2: maybe is that guy that we were talking earlier. You think about. so? Because now I think that the voice sounds like him.
0: It does have that kind of mumbly voice. Adam Kesha. <laughs> I'm going to look that guy up. If I can find him. Anyway, back to, I bet his back his yeah. th- back to where
2: we're at. Tony to- Longo. I'm going to say that.
1: So, How many
2: long ago? I don't know.
1: again, and this is the third or fourth time I think I've figured out what's happening in this movie. <laughs> and then we see Naomi Watts in another actually very lovely cinematic shot of kind of the empty apartment with the kitchen and she's in the robe and she's making her coffee. And I think I figured it out. And I, at she- this point,
0: I thought the movie was about drugs. I'm not going to lie
1: drugs, schizophrenia, something. Like this whole thing was literally a fever dream, right? So she pours her coffee and you see a close-up on the coffee and she starts walking over to the couch and then jumps over the couch to straddle Rita. The coffee cup becomes bourbon and she starts trying to fuck Rita and Rita's like, I said, you drive me wild. We can't do this anymore.
0: This was the second Tits Everywhere scene, right?
1: This is the second Tits Everywhere scene. Yeah. I mean, they were only this in was-
0: one place. They were on the couch. Yes. Really? I just mean like, camera shot, tits. Camera shot, tits.
2: Camera shot, tits. But camera the, shot, tits. Look, she's not a good actor, so we got it. <laughs>
1: but the, the color palette has changed again. Everything's bright. Everything's happy. Like- Tony
2: Longo. Holy shit, really?
0: Yeah, Tony Longo. And it was. It's, it's, that, it's that same guy. Damn. Sixteen candles, Fletch. I, I know. Eagles in the outfield, erasing.
2: Holy shit.
1: But not the Sopranos? No.
0: Well, he okay. died. Oh. He died, well, he died
1: in well. 2015.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: So, yes. We've, we've, he was
0: available. He was great.
1: Completely changed realities again. Rita scorns Betty, who's now Diane, scorns Diane. Diane tries to kind of sexually assault her.
2: Yeah, she does.
1: Uh, and Betty's, Rita's like, which, what is Rita's name now? Her name changes too. Her name
2: is, she's Camilla.
1: Camilla, okay. So Camilla is like.
2: Like the chicken.
1: Get off me, stop it. Diane is like, is it because of him? Oh. oh. Wistful look. And now we start to see Diane's kind of descent into madness, essentially. Yeah all of the same characters that we've met in the first half start coming back, but the acting is much better. It is not nearly as heavy-handed and over-the-top and, like, poking fun at tropes. Like, it feels like a... It even, feels more real. It feels more real. It feels like more of a normal, aside from the fact that it's not linear. Like, it feels more like just a normal, like, this is, this is reality now. So, again, I thought I had it figured out, but I, I don't know. Well, what's weird,
0: though, is, like, and this is where time is a weird thing to me, because, like, we get the scene at the at, at the movie set, and, like, not only is, you know, it's an older car and the car scene, whatever, which, you like, could be a modern movie with an old car, but, like, the lighting equipment's old and all that, and I'm like, what the fuck year is this all of a sudden?
2: Well, this is what I was saying earlier, why it's, like, it's a reflection of old Hollywood visually and tonally.
0: Right, but like all of a sudden, it feels like we're actually in old Hollywood, not in the present day. Which the first half of the movie felt like it took place in the present day.
2: Yes. Or, well, two thousand one. You thought that that? See, and that's the one where it felt see, like it that. Felt like
1: it took place in the nineties for me, so it did feel well, two thousand one. It did feel more modern than the fifties for sure. Well, the, it didn't feel like you, Mad Men. But I'm saying the
2: well, second with half with the jitterbug contest and like so context clues allowed me to think.
1: Look, as someone who's a theater nerd, being in a jitterbug contest, even in 2024, would not be that weird.
2: Well, especially
0: in L.A.
1: Yeah. It's not that weird.
2: Yeah, but she didn't win the jitterbug contest in L.A. She won it back home.
1: That's how she got to Canada. Yeah. Yes, in Canada. So we start learning about Diane and her. She's we're seeing now play out with Camilla is the star. Right? She's the one that... She's
2: the girl. She's Camilla the, Rhodes is the Camilla
1: girl. Camilla is the girl, which she's not the blonde that was the girl originally. She's she's the girl. And we see Diane just lurking in the shadows everywhere Camilla goes and getting more and more and more jealous.
2: Yeah, she was getting a little uh, Andrew Cunanan out there.
1: But Camilla, for whatever reason... Even though she's like, you drive me wild. We can't see each other anymore. And sort of treats her like an annoying little sister. She still keeps bringing her everywhere. Like, well, when they th- close the set, she's like, can Diane stay? Yes, Diane can stay. Well, does
2: not every moment like that feel like she's just throwing it in her, in Diane's face?
0: It's like in League of Their Own when when Kit gets brought along to the baseball tryouts.
2: Yeah, but Gina Davis's character isn't like... Well, I'm a really good baseball player, and you're just a little shit. Like she's not like. Yeah, she's flaunting all this. Yeah, she like Camilla is flaunting all of this in front of Diane. To talk about driving somebody wild, you're literally driving this woman nuts by by forcing her to. uh, Well, maybe not forcing, but allowing her to witness the
1: very obvious. Like not only is she going to kiss the guy in the movie, but she's clearly in a relationship with JJ Abrams.
0: <laughs> Look, if we here's the thing though, like <laughs> if we don't get her flaunting in front of in in front of her, right? Flaunting the relationship with JJ Abrams in front of her, then we don't get the scene where Naomi Watts has to really weirdly masturbate.
1: So, to be okay, so here's the thing with that scene. You've
2: never angry jerked. <laughs> I will neither confirm
0: nor deny that.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, just by the look on your face. Also, the
0: ashtray was back. Did you notice that in the scene where she's masturbating? The well, ashtray again, is back. Time.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I think that the the neighbor showing up chronologically would be would still be. I wonder about that actually, because if, if it was the same chronological order, then Diane would be dead already.
1: Well, so yeah, it, it bounces around because, like, in the first scene where the neighbor comes over and is like, I want my shit, yeah. there's boxes and stuff everywhere in the kitchen. And then the scene in the kitchen where she's getting the coffee and it changes to her and Camilla, it, the kitchen well, that's is a, empty. And
2: that's a flashback. I mean, well, that, that's obviously like her or her memory. <laughs>
1: So, her- so is the
2: masturbation a flashback as well? No. no that is
1: after... That's- so then how
2: does the ashtray get back there? I don't know. We might be flip-flopping at different moments that we don't even realize.
1: The, uh, to be honest, um, with all of the different sex stuff and whatever, I that masturbation scene actually, forgive me, was a long <laughs> time coming. Because... <laughs> because... It did seem like these weird inter- interspersed scenes were, again, fantasy. So I was like, okay, I think she's probably just fantasizing this. So maybe this is what she's doing while while she would be masturbating, thinking about Rita, yeah, like, thinking is, about the good times. Is
0: this their arrangement? How quickly did you know she was masturbating? The Immediately. Fa- the face, okay. Man. Yeah, yeah. Immediately. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because, like, he took his time to, like, pan down. and I'm like, oh, we know. You don't have to show us. We know.
1: That's another gratuitous thing where, like, everybody knew from the face. You didn't need to show it, which I'm not a prude, whatever, but it's unnecessary. I mean, it it's heavy-handed.
0: was. It was strangely l- l- more graphic than the boobs, but less gratuitous See, feelings n- than the boobs. And now
2: I'm thinking. That this that this is part of their thing. Like it, is the reason she asks Who's they uh, Diane Camilla, and, Camilla? And, and, and Diane. Does Camilla ask Diane to stay? Because this is how Diane gets off.
1: Fantasizing about they're that? the
2: couple. Uh, see, see, yeah, they're, they're the couple. Th- they're but they're she couple, wants to
0: see him with this but, 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 dude. But, but they're the couple that exists in that audition. What?
1: What are you the
0: audition that Betty had with the old creep. Betty and the old creep are Ka- Camilla and Diane. Diane.
1: That makes no sense. I was gonna say
2: I'm, I'm winding an explanation. You're for just
1: this. making I'm, shit up.
2: I'm just saying, like, because like, there's this weird. All right, toxicity, I can't take you like, seriously. Oh. I see your face. You're not. It's my face. You're not real. You're you're not for real.
0: This movie is not for real.
2: Well, you can try and have a constructive idea. Uh,
0: Apparently, you don't have to and be a a
2: claim director. But, uh...
1: Well, we start seeing
2: that... But I'm just saying, is this why when she tells Diane that it's over, well, wait, this was all, like, a thing. Like, Like, this was our... Like, she feels betrayed because, well, we were just using this guy so I could get off. Or...
1: I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, it's a possibility. I mean, cuckolding is a thing, but I didn't see that here at all.
2: Why? Because it's usually not women.
1: It is usually well, not I mean, women. It's that. But also, the, I where just the
0: term cuckold comes from is from cuck and
1: yeah. Okay, but I'm get just saying that vibe. Y- 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 I, this is where I. was... I didn't use the would,
0: word. What
2: would the female? You said cuckolding. I did not. She said that. Saffold. Would it, would it, mm, no, is... <laughs> Who cares? You, you know what I'm saying.
1: I do know what you're saying. I did not get that. I get, like, why I, you're no, suggesting that No, I'm just thinking it, that, that
2: now as you're, say, as you're saying it.
1: So, again, for the millionth time, I thought I knew what was going on. Because I'm like, okay, she's still fantasizing. But then as we start to see, like, oh, that was Camilla's audition, not Betty's audition. And then we get Betty... In the limo later, going up to the party, and she delivers the same line, but much better acted. We don't stop here. What what are you doing? We don't stop. Then here. I was starting to think, okay, maybe the blue box thing like switch realities on people. Like maybe now Rita is, you know, Diane and like Camilla's who whatever. Like maybe it's switched realities, like fucking Dark City, whatever which is another fantastic movie if you haven't seen I it. I hate it. Ugh. Anyway, so we go to the we go to the party. We walk up the hill to the party cuz why wouldn't we walk up the hill to the party?
2: She's almost literally walking her down a not quite primrose path, but uh and it's also a back alleyway. Like cuz literally Diane or the only way she can be in a, go to a Hollywood party <laughs> like this is through a back door. She has to be snuck in.
1: Mm. Even though everyone Who's, of en- who's anyone knows who she is? Like, J.J. Abrams owns the house.
2: He never says anything to her.
1: And they're all sitting at the table together.
2: Yeah, well, she's Camilla's guest.
1: Yeah. It's fair, but she knows and, and who she I is. Think, and
2: I think people are, still, are just making He knows she's conv-
1: Diane because he was in the room oh, and Camilla's he, like, can Diane stay? Yes, Diane can oh, stay. Oh, he,
2: he knows who she is and has no interest in having anything to do with her.
0: Was it at all surprising to anyone that Coco was J.J. Abrams' mother?
1: See, I just keep calling her Betty Boop. But yeah, so now she's JJ Abrams' mother. Of course uh, she is.
0: Yeah, it made sense to me, actually.
2: How did it make sense
0: to I don't you? know. I like, not like, like I made like a logical connection. I was just like, when she said that, when they announced that they were, that it was his mother, I was just like,
1: oh, yeah, okay. Oh, that's fair. Yeah.
2: yeah. I guess I didn't, re- I mean, I just figured it's all part of the, the, character jumble and uh, you know th- and her character is well, it's very... less important so i guess i'm i'm just yeah okay uh, i mean maybe to you
1: this this was my this dinner party was kind of my like wizard of oz moment like I had this fantasy, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there, and, well, and funny, you were there.
2: Yeah, funny you should say that. There is a documentary out there called Lynch Oz. No, of course
0: there is, but it's about the TV show.
2: <laughs> it is not.
1: There you go. But it's a,
2: but it's about basically how that movie captured his imagination, and he's been sort of like he's been influenced by that more than anything. Did anybody Lynch- else
0: feel like the party, like the dinner party, like the dinner part of the party? Felt very cafeteria-like.
2: I just thought it felt very lifeless.
0: Well, like, it, but that's part of it. Like, it was very washed. There were, The tables were, like, super long. It just felt like everyone was sitting at these super long cafeteria-like It just long, felt like a super like modern
1: house, which is the aesthetic that I don't like, so... No,
2: it didn't feel and like... And it was outside, so it's like, it's not like you're going to have a nice dining room table. I don't know, it patio. just
0: felt weird.
1: So, yes, then we see Camilla's... Polyamory, pansexuality. I don't know, cause she's, you know, clearly doing whatever she does to Diane, and then Diane is sitting there seething as she starts making out with JJ Abrams. And then (laughs) that girl comes over and she makes out with her.
0: Leaves half her half her lipstick on her face.
1: Uh huh. And wasn't there a third guy or something? Or maybe I just hallucinated. I thought there was at least one more.
2: Cowboy walks through at one point. The cowboy is at the party and
1: The cowboy very much reminds me of that one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the last episode of season four, where the guy with the cheese was in everybody's dream. Uh, Like, that's what the cowboy reminded me of. Well, now I'm just
2: thinking of that new Nicolas Cage movie.
1: Okay. But do you remember that episode, Dave?
2: I... It's yeah still, and it, it was about the search for the or they were trying to find the originals or it
1: was, it was the original meeting slayer. the original slayer and yeah. the original slayer was in all their dreams but also just
2: terrible episode
1: Just randomly a guy with cheese. Terrible episode <laughs> for a terrible season. <laughs> I mean, I think that was one a of the better ter- episodes. Of terrible the end a to a terrible. Cheese,
0: that's all that matters.
1: But that's that's what the cowboy reminded me of. That and his color palette was yellow. His color palette was yellow.
0: I mean, he made me think of a oh, different cowboy. That's his phone. There you go. For some reason, he made me think of a different cowboy, which is the cowboy in the Big Lebowski.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say Howdy Doody. No, he is sort of dressed like Howdy Doody.
0: He is sort of dressed like Howdy Doody.
1: Yeah, a little like bit. A cross
2: between Howdy Doody and uh, you know Toy Story.
1: So yeah, we're well, pretty much was were the yeah. old couple at this party? I know they show up no, again the, later. No, they're just the old
2: gremlins com- later. Yeah, the old couple are. Uh, they
1: show up in when everything starts getting real surreal. They come, they come out of the
2: they come out of the alley with mole with a mole nun. That's right. You but know there was
1: also was there also a scene with them like floating yes, and flying after that. around? Okay. Yeah. You so, know what this
0: movie was missing. I just realized.
1: More mole people.
0: More boobs. Danny DeVito. I don't see how he could have. He would have added so much more weird to this movie.
1: This movie didn't need any more weird. Oh, it needed! all I don't the know weird. that Danny DeVito is weird. I think
2: Danny DeVito makes too much sense.
0: <sighs> he's he's so weird it makes too much sense to be in a David
2: no, Lynch movie. No, I mean like he in general makes too much sense.
1: So it takes skipping a certain... ahead because we're not going to talk about Danny DeVito because we're already talking for two hours. <laughs> Thank you. Skipping ahead, which I hope that I haven't f- forgotten anything like Paramount.
0: Probably not. But
1: have this party, start to realize just how upset and jealous Diane is, and then we see Diane in Winky's Diner with- The Hitman. The Hitman and a heart. server whose name is Betty, saying-
0: Dude, she zeroed in on that Betty for like a hard five minutes. Just like-
1: In case you didn't know. uh, And she's hiring the Hitman to- Presumably, kill Camilla. She's like, I've never wanted anything, never been wanted anything more in my entire life.
2: And she looks very strung out at this point. Oh,
1: very. Like she's clearly descending into some sort of, she has been since the transition. Like she woke up clearly off a bender, whatever. Even when Camilla, like, and I don't know, again, I don't think these things are happening chronologically. I think Mm -hmm. these are memories and. Fantasies and all of that. Yeah. But she decides to put a hit out on Camilla. Um, and then we realize this this has happened, and she is not she's having feelings that Hitman knew she was gonna have about it. I can't believe I did it, blah, 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 blah. So she goes into the bedrooms again in the gray robe to commit suicide. And this is one of the last, this was the last time I thought I knew what was happening. Where I'm like, okay, the whole first half of this movie was her fantasy in that split second before death. And then we brought out the fucking mole man again with the blue box and tiny, tiny elderly people. And I was like, I give up. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And that's all I have
1: to say about this movie, I think.
0: Uh, that's fair. <laughs> I think that is a an excellent summation of a movie that is hard to you
1: To summate, I'm
2: going to attempt to.
0: Oh, oh okay. boy. Is this going to take another hour?
2: No, because I'm just going to read. Okay. And this will be fast. And some of this I mentioned already, so I'm going to skip past that. Uh, so... Oh, it it first is a question. Uh, Where does Winkies exist in this? On Sunset sunset. Boulevard. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, like, is is that like a neutral place? You know, is
1: it sort of the anchor point? uh, Is that what you're asking? Because
2: because people get lured in this film by dreams or things, or uh, uh, psychologically. Mm -hmm. First, First, you get Patrick Fishler. Yes, remembered. Uh, Where he's like, I've been having this recurring dream. Yeah, and then it comes true. Like, was is the Mole Man like some sort of malevolent force that can draw you to where it wants? Oh my
0: God, the Mole Man is Doctor Who.
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess I see what you're saying, but I always just I just read it as Winkies is just it's that diner. It's. It's the Hollywood Diner in but in Chicago. Is it's it? you know.
2: Oh, what <laughs> a crap hole! But it's great. It's a, yeah, but it's a, yeah. everyone it, everyone is, knows everyone it. is
1: drawn there. And there's I can't remember the name of the one in L.A., but there is one in L.A. that's super famous yeah. that Nick and I went to. What's yeah. the name of that place? I
0: can't remember. It's uh, it's uh, in uh, is it in the Valley? Yeah, it's in the Valley. It's uh oh god, what's the name? It's on. It's not on Sepulveda, is it?
1: I honestly I don't remember. remember, but every every city just has that diner, and so that's the vibe that I got. That it was, it's that diner. It is a meeting gathering place for everyone see, of all walks of life.
2: Well, that's the thing. Nothing happens in there, mm-hmm. but is it a is well, it is it a place why, that things get set into motion? Maybe
1: that's or? why Mole Man is attracted to that place because that place attracts everyone.
2: Uh, let's see here, Mole Man, Doctor Who, so. Back He's when... got a blue
0: box. It's bigger on the inside. I don't know. what
1: I mean, he does. Oh, did anybody else notice? I'm not crazy, right? No, like, you The are. shape of that key changed multiple times. Well, that
0: key was also just fucking weird. But yes.
1: But wasn't it originally like it was a triangle hole in yeah. the box, and it was a triangle? It didn't look like
0: a regular house key. It at one like point. It looked
1: like a USB port at one point. It was a regular house key at least twice. Which that key kept. I, I didn't notice the ashtray in the masturbation scene, but I did notice the key. Yeah, it was yeah
0: right, right next I to the ashtray. Key.
2: Um, I don't know about that.
0: Oh, also we saw pinks in this movie, and pinks is great.
1: <laughs> Nick is obsessed with pinks. It's good. It's a hot dog I'm sure place. it's no hot dogs. It's not.
0: Hey, if you have never been to pinks, you can't say that.
1: Anyway, Dave. I, I passed
2: it. I didn't. I, but Same. I'm like, you know what? I'm in, I saw I, the menu. I was like, I'm this like, isn't hot I'm dogs. I'm in L.A., uh... Why am I going to go to a hot dog stand? I think we have to
1: finish this podcast before (laughs) Nick starts drinking his own snot because he's getting (laughs) real.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the editing on this episode is going to be super fun. That's your fault.
2: Uh, Let's see. So this is when uh, right at the end of the first half before everything gets turned on its head. Rita is trying to tell Betty when they're at the house like maybe we shouldn't like maybe we shouldn't be looking for diane this might be a a bad idea yeah and and it did make me wonder is that betty's since her
1: subconscious warning her right i can see
2: that uh yeah, we get the discomforting effect of the woman appearing. Oh, yeah. So the, with the double exposure, it actually, or with the, it actually made them look like they were coming apart. Ah. Uh. Um, Rita's wig is Betty's exact hair. <laughs> no. Uh, Diane makes herself the object of Camilla's desire, and even makes it okay in her mind by acting reluctant about it. Telling Camilla she's in love with her is the only time she's honest. Mm. Uh, when I I wrote they hook up. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Um, and then Rita is called in her dream by the club this time, which which if the club is the reason why the the box is there, well that brings in the mole man who owns the box presumably
1: why i don't want to go down a rabbit hole but why was box. Rita called by the club do we think maybe that's where betty saw her for the first time betty be. i mean i the think they, i
2: think they experienced that that club together before um but uh when, when Rita's called she makes her one and only demand of betty because as you know, it's like Betty's in control of like everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because Rita's lost,
2: right? Well, yeah, exactly. You you make her in if this is her fantasy, that's, of course, make her helpless and, yeah, and utterly dependent. Well, and you, you it's such
1: a masculine fantasy.
2: Well, it was written by David Lynch.
1: I know that, but, but it's, also, it's, but it is.
0: It's also by making her helpless. There's no chance that she's going to stab you in the
2: back. Yeah. Um. So the demand is to go to the club right then at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, there's a blue tint as they get into the club. The curtains uh, you know, are red. It, it, usually, in you know, Lynch pictures sort of denote some sort of gateway to another dimension. Um, this is all a recording, meaning there is no changing the events that happened. Betty is the illusion as she begins to shake in a slightly blue strobe. Uh, The club is bathed in blue light. Rebecca Del Rio sings Orbison and her dress blends right in with the curtain. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think I noticed before. I'm like, she's the curtain. Um, And when she dies at the end, she is sort of sacrificed just to demonstrate that the show goes on. Uh, Betty's sad disgust as she feels her veil is about to be lifted. We don't see Betty when Rita opens the box. Camera zooms into the box just as it did into the pillow. The real tenant is revealed being Aunt Ruth presumably if that's her name Mm -hmm. still. The blue key, Camilla's red scarf. uh, Yeah so there's the blue key there. Mm -hmm. Camilla has the red scarf as she's taking Diane to the um, so is there like a is it all breaking down now? Like are is ever, is is are these things colliding in on themselves?
1: I mean, it definitely seemed like, regardless of symbolism and this and that, it definitely seemed like a collapse and a reset yeah. of some sort. Yeah.
2: Is the film a parable about the agonies and ecstasies in the pursuit of the Hollywood dream, complete with naivete and idealizing? It, it's hard to believe I'm stoned writing this, right?
1: Mm. So, so, yeah, prophetic. I'm
0: definitely not picturing Charlie Day at that board with all the strings.
1: I mean, that's how everyone watches a David Lynch movie. If you don't hate David Lynch, you watch it like that.
2: And this is like just the, probably like the last 10 minutes where I I don't even know if any of this makes sense. Okay. But
1: I mean, the movie didn't make yeah. sense, so
2: There is no Betty. She's Diane Selwyn's avatar in the fantasy. So yeah, so I also mm-hmm. thought as Diane has such a low self-opinion, uh, or is Betty the blonde woman at the party? But then I realized, no, Betty's the waitress.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Camilla having amnesia is Diane's way of, of having Camilla in this fantasy, but powerless, a blank slate, completely disassociated and reliant entirely on Diane. Is the box a magical spell that doesn't change the story, only jumbles the participants? Homeless Winky had the box and a bathed in red light, with the two old weirdos running around like mini Ash from Evil Dead.
1: Yes. That also made me laugh.
2: Yeah. And then the blue stro- strobing returns again. Now f- the geezers now full size accost Diane. Um, And is the, was eh, this doesn't make sense now, but I'm just last Yes. I the geezers
1: full size accosting Diane was very, very nightmarish. That was the part that I was thinking. That was though, I, was like, I remember when they come back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So either way, at the at the end of the movie, and that was
1: Diane's breaking point,
2: and, and when she's convulsing or whatever, mm-hmm. in that it's that same strobing light. So, death of a dream, death of her actual death. I, mean, or, was, I was the death was death the consequence of her actions, meaning like did she cre- somehow have some hand in creating this other reality, and this is, and well. Like, is this the price? Like, for- There are
1: so many different ways that small things could have been added or changed to make this movie wild but cohesive. Yeah. And they just, none of them happened.
2: Yes. yes. <laughs> I want to say that there were these.
1: And yet, Mulholland Drive is touted as one of David Lynch's more linear mainstream stories, as opposed to some of his other craziness. Like Eraserhead, for example.
2: Uh, I I will obviously rather watch this a billion times over (laughs) Eraserhead, because at least there is a narrative. It may not make much sense, but at least it's literally not just scenes filmed three years apart and and don't really go together.
1: Well, mm -hmm. Yeah, this.
0: uh, I have not seen Eraserhead, so I can't comment on that. Um, I will say that I might actually like just a fully nonsensical film of his better than anything that tries to make sense.
1: Because, yeah, if you can just watch it like a train wreck, like you do Eraserhead, it's just like, this isn't supposed to make sense. What am I watching?
2: You might like Lost Highway then. I've seen Uh, bits of
1: Lost Lost Highway,
0: Highway.
1: so. I have this, this great soundtrack.
0: I mean, just the visual of the the on the the on the highway, like so, is wild.
2: I think this might be a good way to to end this. Uh, back when the DVD was originally released, uh, I think that was there was a something taken from like the European uh, marketing or something where they made David Lynch basically come like write clues. Okay, so. I haven't looked at these since because, like, because I haven't owned that DVD since uh, probably two thousand
1: five. Like, all right, David Lynch, explain your work. He's like, I cannot.
2: So, all I'm, I'm, I don't <laughs> want to really get into this. I just want to see: did we answer any of these? I don't know. Does any of this make any? Well, these are just clues, not really like. But did we even address this? Uh, number one, there are ten. Pay particular attention to the beginning of the film. At least two clues are revealed. Uh,
1: the jitterbug contest.
2: Yeah, that's... So, yeah, the jitterbug contest. who's con-
1: jitterbugging? <laughs> uh,
2: right, I don't okay. know. I think
1: the elderly couple's like <laughs> demons or something. Like maybe she's in hell. Whatever. Maybe.
2: I did not catch anyone or there being a noise. Do you remember a noise that sounds like somebody snorting cocaine?
1: I did not notice that. But that
2: would make some sense.
1: I mean, on Hollywood, of course they were snorting cocaine. No, but I
2: mean for Diane in particular. Yeah.
1: No, I never noticed that. No. But there were so many weird things going on.
2: Notice, uh, number two, notice appearances of the red lampshade.
1: Okay. Number three. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we can just you, go over this. Can layer? you hear
2: the title of the film that Adam Kesher is auditioning actresses for? Is it mentioned again?
1: Maybe, but I don't remember.
2: Yeah. It was the Sylvia North story. Okay. Not to be confused with the
0: Peter Richard North
2: again. story.
1: Movie title, movie title
2: story. is mentioned again by Diane at Adam's din- dinner party. Uh, she says that
1: uh oh yeah she yeah. does because she's like camilla was the excellent. girl yeah, yeah she was excellent he didn't think much of me but camilla right. was great
2: so so much for that audition then
1: yes so yeah uh
2: an accident is a terrible event notice the location of the accident i think we mulholland drive? Mulholland, uh, drive
1: mulholland drive mulholland drive oh ah,
2: here's here we go number five who gives a key and why
1: Multiple people and why I don't know.
2: And also, who gets it? So
1: well, co- the first key that's given in God is actually Coco to Betty.
2: Correct. And then oh, is this? Coco? And then the hitman turns one in to confirm that his, the deal is done mm-hmm. to Diane. Gives it to Diane. So well, they say Dream World there. So who knows? I, I'm not going too far into there. Number six, notice the robe, the ashtray, the coffee cup.
1: Yeah. Okay. That that was all pretty.
2: What is felt, realized, and gathered at the Club Silencio?
1: Silencio. A lot of weird things. That was a fever dream, that scene.
2: Oh, I actually wrote this. The dream is over. I wrote that in, uh, somewhere in my notes, but that was kind of simple.
1: Well, yeah, I told you. That yeah. obviously seemed like oh, a yeah. turning point. She started having a seizure and weird things were
2: happening. Ah. Eight. Silencio. Did talent alone help Camilla? No. Yeah, I think that's. I
1: think she was one hundred percent into the casting couch.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, otherwise, why? I think
1: it was consensual, but I think she definitely used I, that to her advantage. I don't
2: think it was the casting couch per se. I, I But well, I think someone involved in you know the mob. She might be somebody's girlfriend or something. Either way, other forces other than talent. I think we can all agree there. Note the occurrences surrounding the man behind Winkies. I think we did. How
0: could you not note them?
2: Yeah, the, some of these are just like, uh, yeah, duh. And then where is Aunt Ruth? Where is she Aunt She was Ruth? out filming something. That's what they said. Yeah, yeah, she was on the set somewhere.
1: I just thought she was.
0: No, yeah, they said she was filming something in like Montana or something. <laughs> Well, that's it. Yep. That's it. Solved.
1: Solved.
0: Alright, I think we're at a point where we can give our final scores?
1: Sure. <laughs> I'm curious to where everybody is on this one. Uh,
0: uh, I think you get to go first I since you had the first. honors of running the show this week. Okay. Episode.
1: Um. So, I'm gonna give it maybe higher of a score than you thought I was going to, just because at the very least, art should make you feel something and want to talk about it. And this film absolutely does that. Um, so I'm going to give this a score of... 3.6. Of six different types of candies poured into <laughs> a tub of popcorn, fed to you in the dark, by
2: a mime. Wow. Yes. Well, that's a definitive score. <laughs> because that's how method. I
1: felt watching this movie. Okay. Left to just try to fucking figure it out.
0: My my <laughs> my candy is strangely similar to yours. Okay. So I uh here's the thing. I despite it being real hokey and over the top and weird, I love the first half of this movie. Like, I just enjoyed watching the first half of this movie. When
1: I thought I knew what it was, I was enjoying it, too. And
0: then I really did not like the second half of this movie. And so I had to go and go, what is the average of that?
1: Okay, So it's a five.
0: Mm -hmm. Five bean-boozled jelly bellies.
1: Bean-boozled? So all the crappy flavors? Well,
0: well, you, you don't know. It's either a good flavor or a bad flavor. Until you put it in your mouth, you don't know which it is.
1: That's very similar to my. Yeah, Yeah. you're left with some context clues, but not enough.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think of my candy. Um, Oh,
0: damn it, David. Silencio.
2: I don't know. I'm trying to think of the.
1: i I'm pretty sure how you actually say silence in Spanish would be silencia, not silencio, too, which makes it... No, it's silencio. Is it? I'll have to Google that later.
0: It's Silencia Leviosa.
2: No, mm-hmm. yeah, Silencia is some somebody's name of a girl that they wanted to keep quiet all the time. <laughs> uh, By
1: the it? way, that's what J.J. Abrams looks like. Oh, that's look right. Now, like
2: now, him—he does a little
0: bit
1: close enough. Are they twins? No. Are they both Jewish-looking dudes? I'm pretty sure they're not even from the same same kind of glasses. Yes. It's the love
0: child of J.J. Abrams and Guy Fieri. I
2: don't even think they're in the same. I don't even think they're they're from the same country.
1: Just give us your score. Uh, Doesn't matter. That's who he looked like to me.
2: I'm gonna go with. uh, Let's see. I'm going to go with Everlasting Gobstoppers, but the ones I actually about from-
1: Because it will never end and it keeps no, changing? No, mostly
2: because I don't really know what the hell to expect I from moment to moment.
0: I considered <laughs> I considered Everlasting Gobstoppers. I'm not going to lie. Because it's
2: like a 2nd I'm like, oh, tomato soup. And now it's like, oh, a churro? What the fuck?
1: Uh, yep. You know. yep.
2: Um, somehow dessert got thrown in. Oh, as, that was the gum. The that wasn't the
0: Gobstopper was the,
2: the all meal gum. Yeah, the all I, meal but gum. But what they, they isn't that what it was called though?
0: No, the everlasting gobstopper was the one that was like all faceted. Oh stuff. yeah.
1: What is the? It's just a uh, jawbreaker with different flavors as you suck on it.
2: No,
0: but he, in
1: no,
2: movie, but like specifically oh, in movie, that yeah. one. It, like, but it, yeah, I know. What I you're don't talking know if they even gave it a name. I, don't, I think they might have just said this is the, gum that gives you every flavor. That of the tastes meal. like a whole meal.
1: Pinch cobbler.
2: All right, so that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna give it.
1: Except not good.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine and an extra side of uh, gum mashed potatoes. Wow. So a that's nine. A, about a okay. nine and a quarter. So okay. we're a little.
0: This is where the first time we're pretty far apart. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, well. Which doesn't surprise me because it's David Lynch. And look, if it was Inland Empire, I'm probably going to give it a three. <laughs> but it's Mulholland Drive, and, and I'd. Of all of his actual films, this is the only one I feel like, like I actually feel. Fair enough. Okay. Like I, there's a there's an amount of detachment from the weirdness usually that it's like all right. See, I kind of like the detached well, weirdness Blue Blue better. Blue
1: Velvet is more. Blue Velvet is visceral. Was, yeah, for sure. Um.
2: Yeah, it, it. There's not. I mean, other than people's weird motives and actions. But
1: I only remember very few parts of that, and I remember being young and I remember being young enough to watch it to be like, how does that actually work?
2: But none of it is so fantastical. <laughs> yeah. Is what it's like. pretty straightforward. Yeah. Hmm. Weird um,
1: but straightforward. Alright. So what's who's picking the next movie? I is you get pick? To pick. Oh God.
0: So I've chosen uh I quit. a movie that neither of you've seen.
1: Okay. I'm out. And
0: I've decided to go with It's E.T. Another director that makes Bold, strange choices sometimes Uh, Zack Snyder No, uh, I would never choose a Zack Snyder Kurosawa
2: When you say bold, do you mean bad? Sometimes and sometimes not No, I meant in Zack Snyder's
0: case Oh, in Zack Snyder's case, yes, always bad Um, Swing and a miss Actually, uh, he's not one of my favorite filmmakers But I really love this film Okay And uh, it is the late, great Stanley Kubrick.
1: Oh, God.
0: So the next film we are going to watch is Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. A truly masterful work by George C. Scott and Peter Sellers. You've
2: already killed this podcast. It is
0: a fantastic movie. I love it. And now you guys get to watch it. And it's only an hour and a half. Knowing
1: what things that you truly enjoy, this movie is going to be a fucking clusterfuck that makes no sense.
0: It's going to be fantastic. Guys. i are going to love it. It's got I, Slim Pickens in it. It's my second favorite movie with Slim Pickens in it.
1: I I honestly, I get... And I still
2: think that your first is way overrated. I get you're wrong David, about that.
1: I get David Lynch and Stanley Kubrick mixed up a lot when I'm saying their names. And it's only because I know that they both are fucked in the head. Like their are make Oh, they're make both no fucked sense. in the
2: head. That's for sure. I... Have never really enjoyed Stanley Kubrick. Me neither. I this is the only one of his movies. Well, the Shining. I like not the Shining. Not it's not. I like the Shining. It's not. It's not, it's not
0: great. It's, it's not, not, not great. my favorite movie. This one though. This is and this doesn't have this that same. Hurt. It's not quite as Kubricky as the other Kubrick movies. That hey. people think about. this is gonna hurt.
2: I think. I think he might like it. We'll see. I'll hold out hope for that. I mean, George I, C.
0: Scott is fantastic in this. Not, I love not really the reason George I watch anything. I haven't seen. I, I all I remember. So of George we're doing C. Scott Doctor
1: Strange Love,
0: or I, next podcast. or how I learned to stop worrying and love. The I'm bombs.
1: just calling it Doctor Strange Love because that's too many words, and I don't care. Yeah,
2: because otherwise I'm going to try and find another movie called How I Learned to Love the Atomic Bomb.
1: Just watch Oppenheimer. Oh, I did.
0: I loved that. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch that soon. It's on Peacock now.
1: Uh, peacock.
2: Yeah, I don't want to sit through commercials. That movie's long enough. Fair enough.
1: Maybe watch it on Plex.
2: All right. No, not yet.
0: Well, so now you guys, the audience, know what we're listening to next. Uh, you can also message us and let us know uh, how how terribly wrong we are about all our takes on these movies, uh, as you will, or suggest other movies to us by emailing us at memoriamdevelopment at gmail.com or following our parent company, Memoriam Development, on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, but yeah, uh, also, you know, rate and review us on iTunes because then more than two people will listen to this show. Yay! Yeah. But yeah, next time, Doctor Strange love.
1: Bye. Wow.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm.